participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Not sure why I had a question mark at the end of 26 and 22, but it just felt apropos. Hope you're doing well. It is freaking freezing outside, Mr. Bigglesworth. Holy smokes. It is cold out there. It is very cold, but I tell you, hot inside once again. Thank you to everyone who watched the show on Monday. Tremendous response. Nothing to do with me. All about Francis. And, of course, the other guests as well were tremendous. But uh, it was really nice. And I appreciate everyone who continues to tune in, to support, 
to watch, to download, to subscribe, all those things and more mean more than you know. So thank you very much uh, to all of you. And I'm excited to be back doing this show once again. The Monday, Wednesday thing has been phenomenal. And I'm excited that our good friends over at DraftKings once again support us. That's not going away. We love DraftKings. They're a part of the familia here. As always, this program is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official. Sports betting partner, not only the UFC, the NFL, but also the MAR. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code DMAR for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code DMAR only at DraftKings. Fun show today, my friends. Of course, we had the post pay per view Monday. Still, some of the afterglow of not only Monday, but Saturday as well on today's program. Still very much on our minds UFC 270. No UFC this weekend, but there is Bellator. And we'll get into that. There is the Royal Rumble, and we shall get into that if you wish as well. Well, we actually have to get into that. Um, and we've got a lot going on. We've got a lot going on, so no time to waste. Uh, back into the show, as always, on Wednesdays. I like to answer your questions, so we'll uh, we'll do that on the nose. You know where to send the questions by now, ariahawani.substack.com. Already, last I checked, 93. Um, I don't know if they're all questions, but there's a lot there, so I'm looking forward. Everyone's favorite segment of the week. We'll check in with GC at around two, th- no, three o'clock. Uh, get his picks for the weekend. Let's see if he uh, actually wants to uh, lay a bit of lumber on the Rumble. Of course, like I said, Bellator as well. So we'll check in with G City at around three two thirty. We'll talk to Brandon Moreno uh, about, of course, the fight on Saturday, losing the belt after just winning it. Where he goes from here. Also, the size differential that came out yesterday, courtesy of the California State Athletic Commission. I wish every commission released those numbers. I wish every broadcast released those numbers. Makes it very interesting. So we'll ask him what uh, he does next, where he goes from here about the fight, all that and more. At 2 o'clock, we'll talk to Fernand Lopez, head coach, MMA Factory, of course, in the news. All throughout the buildup of this fight, Francis's former head coach, Cyril's current head coach, how he feels about what went on. I believe this is his first interview since the fight. Uh, so I'm looking for, at least in English, I'm looking forward to that very much. At 1.30, we're going to talk to big Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley uh, you know, people forget now, of course, he's a big part of WWE. He's uh, going up against Brock Lesnar this Saturday at the Rumble for the very first time. But he had a solid MMA run, 15-2. and two. Of course, a great collegiate wrestler. He's a freaking massive human being. I'm looking forward to talking to Bobby Lashley. And, you know, it's interesting because when I reached out to our first guest, I had no idea that Bobby Lashley would be on the show and so some of you are probably thinking like, oh, that's an interesting and it kind of, you know, it kind of flows right into each other. It's an interesting back-to-back pairing. But total coincidence, uh, I reached out to our first guest because I hadn't really talked to him in quite some time. And I had a lot of questions about his newish gig. It's not that new anymore. And I thought this would be a good time to uh, reconnect with our old friend Jimmy Smith. Of course, longtime MMA color analyst, worked for Bellator for many, many years, worked for the UFC as well, M1, former MMA fighter himself, but now the voice of WWE Monday Night Raw. How did this happen? I have many questions. Let's go to the Zoom machine and say hello to our first guest of the day, uh, the one and only Jimmy Smith. There he is from that uh, How you doing? familiar locale that I see you uh, sitting in front of all the time with your many different shows. How are you, sir? Doing well, my man. Doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. You could have taken credit, by the way, for me and then Bobby Lashley and pretend it's just like a stroke of genius. Yeah, on your no. Part. I, I, I would have... do that 100% on my show. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, it was weird <laughs> how it all played out, but I'm happy it played out this way. And also the host of uh, Unlocking the Cage on Sirius XM, which you'll be doing at 2 p.m. 
so in an hour or so, you're kind enough to join us before you go on the air yourself. Thank you very much for that. So, Jimmy, wow. Uh, you know, we were talking a lot uh, during the pandemic because we were doing some of those like international sports center hits. That was a lot of fun with the great, you know, big yeah. guns, Phil Murphy. And then all of a sudden I, I, I wake up one day and it's Jimmy Smith, the freaking voice of Monday Night Raw, replacing Adnan Verk. It was a short run for Adnan. What a spot that is. Legendary spot. How did this happen, Jimmy? I'm as shocked as you are, I got to <laughs> say. Uh, basically, the way the way it happened, the order of operations was the executive that I worked with at Bellator went to WWE a few years back. He's been there for a while. And I suddenly got a, a message out of the blue from Michael Cole saying, hey, so-and-so uh, gave me your information. We're looking for some broadcasters with our new Peacock deal. How would you like to audition for the WWE? And I went, okay. I said, yeah, it's been a while since yeah. I've, I've watched your product, but sure. And he went, okay, come up, do, do an audition. And, and I went up there, called some from, from – because I live in South Florida. And I drove up to uh, – they were in Tampa at the time with a Thunderdome and everything. And I drove up there, did the audition with uh, Corey Graves. Apparently, it went well. Apparently. And they went, okay, great. We'd love to get you on the broadcast. You're going to do a little uh, pre-tape thing for NXT, and you're going to do some work for us. And then, I'm not kidding, a week later – Something like that. They said, uh, hey, how would you feel about taking over Monday Night Raw? Jeez. And I went, uh, sure. Yeah, I lied and went, sure. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, you always do in this business. Yeah, no problem. Of course, I got that. And uh, I'm not kidding. A week later, I was I was in Raw for the first five. I'm not, as you said, I'm a, I'm a color analyst. I, yeah. I've done play-by-play twice for local shows here in Florida. That was it. I don't have much play-by-play experience. Um, hadn't watched WWE in years and years and years and was just kind of like getting back into the product and all this stuff. And then boom, I'm the voice of raw. That's exactly what happened. That is, I no. mean, it came out of nowhere. You weren't rumored. Nowhere. No one expected it. Were you freaking out internally? You say yes, confidently, but internally, were you freaking out? Yes, totally. totally. <laughs> freaking out, man. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just, and, and, the first show, I mean, we're on in 30 seconds or whatever. Like, All right, we're on in 30 seconds. And I had like a mini stroke. It was just, <laughs> it was, the, and I haven't years. I mean, I've been in MMA for, you know, I've been in MMA 20 years. I've been in broadcasting MMA at this, at this point for since 2008. So, you know, whatever it is, 13, 14 years, you know, I'm kind of past that point. And then suddenly it was boom. Oh my God, what am I doing here? And I did it and people liked it. And I've been there since, and it's getting better and better and better. But yeah, that, that first my God, couple months was was insanity, Ariel. It was insanity. Yeah. Because uh, you have been so entrenched in the world of MMA, not only as a broadcaster, but as I said, as a former fighter, there was Fight Quest that you did, um, which was a, a hit show as well. And then you move over to M1, Bellator, then UFC. Was there any part of you that felt, because I, listen, when I have a, even a Bobby Lashley, who's fought 17 times, who's a collegiate wrestling, you know, stud as well. Anytime I have a WWE guy on this show, oh, it's fake, it's blah, 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 you get all the belly aching. Was there any part of you that had some trepidation because you were a part of the real fight sport to go over to that world as well? Not really. Not Number one, I don't listen to people. Good. <laughs> That's a big part of it. I just don't Good. care. Um, the other part of it is, you know, and I was talking to um, – my old broadcast partner, Sean Grandy, who's a big WWE fan, oh, yeah. great play-by-play guy. He's amazing. So I called him early on. I was like, hey, man, do you have anything? And, and, and he gave me some great advice. But another thing, we were talking about that, straddling the line of, of you know, combat sports and sports entertainment. He goes, that line doesn't exist like it did when we were kids. When, you know, it was 
you were in one or the other and, and, and the two sides didn't meet, you know, um, obviously that, that just isn't the case as much anymore where, you know, where you, you're in one, you can't do the other. We see people, as you say, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, whatever, going back and forth, Japan in the early days, pro wrestling and MMA were almost right. intertwined. It was hard to separate what was one and what was the other. So I didn't feel that way at all about it, about, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my credibility or something dumb like that. I didn't feel that way at all. I thought it was actually a brilliant move on WWE's part because I think you give them credibility because you're the real fighting guy. So it made total sense. And you come on there, and I think some people don't appreciate how hard it is to go from color analyst to play-by-play. That's a super tough job. It is a completely different job, right? It's completely different. Totally different. And I've heard the stories about how difficult it is to do the WWE job because there's a lot going on, right? You're doing three hours as opposed to SmackDown two hours. I know there's people in your ear. Initially, was it a bit of a shock compared to what you are used to in the world of MMA? Yes, but I, I, you could argue it was a good thing. Mm. I didn't, I didn't, because like, I, I wasn't a play-by-play guy. So right. I learned play-by-play, or I'm learning the play-by-play the WWE way, which is which is maybe different than if I had had a ton of play-by-play experience, and I was kind of set in my ways and oh, this is how you do things, and the WWE thinks he's different. That would freak me out. I didn't know really, you know, how the WWE did it. You know, I know how they do it differently than MMA, but I was never a play-by-play guy. So I'm learning kind of their way, which in a sense is a little bit easier. But the the the, the analogy I use for people who've never been in broadcasting is, is you're going from running back to quarterback. Hmm. And when you're a running back, certain plays just don't involve you. You're just, you know, unless you're blocking somebody, it's a throwing play. You're just standing there. Right. You know, and as a color analyst, we'll welcome back from commercial. I'm sitting there right, doing right. whatever I'm doing. Looking at, not every play involves me. And as a quarterback, Every play involves you. Play-by-play guys, the quarterback, he will delve out responsibilities, whatever, but everything goes through him. And that's the upgrade. You got to know every play and every player and every defense. You can't just know, here's my lane and I run in it, which is what essentially being a color analyst is. You got to be good at that one thing, Mm -hmm. but you're only responsible for one thing. It's different. What was it like early on when you were backstage and whatnot? Did you feel accepted right away or did you feel like you had to kind of earn the boys in the back's trust? They respected me immediately and it was weird and i think there's like a uh i'm what they call a shooter which, which is i can actually fight which is the expression right. they use in WWE for someone who can fight and uh big e big huge mma yeah. fan a lot of those guys saw me and, oh jimmy what's up man big fan of your work and i'm sitting there going oh wow i i, huh. I didn't know that i mean like cesaro you know i called him a match with him and daniel bryant as my audition and one thing i told cesaro i said man thanks you did a lot of jujitsu stuff you made huh. me sound great and Cesaro, who is 6'5", you know, whatever he is, 260, he literally goes, oh, man, you guys are the ones that really do it. I mean, guys were almost like, oh, yeah, well, I know the moves. You know the moves. Right, 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 and so right. there was this, like, inherent respect I got from everybody. And then when I called the matches and I'm calling out the right – one of the things they told me when I first started WWE is they said, hey, when it hits the ground, you tell us. Because they really don't – you know, there aren't, like, a lot of specific names. Listen, somebody's finisher or something. They really yeah. don't know what a Kimura trap is. And so when I said these kind of things on air, a lot of the fighters told me to go, man, that was great. Thank you so much. Cause like nobody said I was doing an inside switch because they're not wrestlers. I don't know what that is. So like, it's really cool to hear that. So that part of it, I was accepted right away, which was was crazy. I didn't expect that at all. Are, Are you surprised or were you surprised at how much of your MMA wrestling knowledge, grappling knowledge would benefit you in this? Because if you're doing it in the 80s, it's a totally different WWE or WWF as it was known. But now there's a lot of guys who train jiu-jitsu and who come from the rest. Yeah. And so I would imagine that's one of the many reasons why they wanted you. Were you surprised? Did you expect that? 
you know, when you took the job that, wow, a lot of my knowledge from MMA would actually greatly benefit me here and separate me from the other play-by-play guys? When I did my first little thing in NXT, it was like a pre-show for one of their shows, um, I, t- I turned to the producer and I go, look, I'm going to call it like a fight. That's all I know how to do. And the guy goes, that's why you're here. Hmm. So in this, like right in the beginning, I was told, yeah, that's why. Because you know the difference between a heel hook and an ankle lock. That's why you're here. So I did know it would benefit me because I was told this will benefit you. So I knew that how much I would use it, I wasn't sure. And then I was watching more and more matches. Um, one of the things about MMA coming into prominence the last 20 years is they're integrating a lot of that stuff into uh, professional wrestling and sports entertainment. So they're using a lot more moves that a, a mixed martial arts fan or jujitsu guy would understand. So I'm very lucky that I'm kind of coming in now where I can give it that, mm. uh, that authenticity. But yeah, I was told pretty early on, you know, the, you know, all this stuff, that's why you're here. That's why, you know, you have a leg up on everybody else. Everyone I feel like has a great Vince McMahon story. Like what, what was it like the first time you met him? Or do you have a different great Vince? Like, I mean, what a presence, right? What, what was it like for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy because, you know, he's still so much. And I, I, you hear all these rumors, which is true. You hear all these rumors when you're going into the WWE about, you know, how much Vince is in it and all the stuff and who these people. Vince is still very, very much, at least with Raw, because, uh-huh. you know, obviously I don't do SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Raw, he's very much every single match. He has an opinion. He has it's uh, his philosophy and the way he wants it to go. He's very much a pillar of Monday Night Raw, which I wasn't really sure if that was the case anymore. And, and sure. you know, I had no idea. And yeah, he is. And one of the things he told me that that honestly really helped, and it's not a crazy story or anything. He goes, don't worry. You're the audience. Hmm. If you don't know it, they don't know it. If you're confused, they're confused. So use that. Because I was a little worried that it would be, you know, because I hadn't watched wrestling since I was a kid. And he said, no, if you don't know what something is or why something is happening or why this person is taking on this person or why this angle's happening say that and Corey and byron get to educate people so you not knowing is awesome because not all of our fans are what they call marks they're not all like huge wrestling fanatics they might not know so use that and so most of the questions i ask on camera or on air i'm asking in the back the mm-hmm. same things where i was like why is this person taking on this person after hell in a cell match where they're clearly effed up and i said it on air why is Drew McIntyre taking on Riddle after a Hell in a Cell match with Bobby Lashley? He is beat to hell. And I asked that in the back, and I asked it on camera. So it's that freedom that he said, if you don't know, they don't know. Don't be afraid to go, why the F is this happening? Because as a guy who's you know not an entrenched fan, it, it worked really well. So that was the first time he gave me any advice, and it worked, and it's been working. How long did it take for you? So you started in May, right? May of last yeah. year. How long did yeah, it take for you to feel confident, like to feel like you're doing an MMA show? You're up to speed with all the characters, with all the storylines. Like you said, you had not been watching since you were a kid. So that's a lot to learn, right? This isn't yeah. second nature like MMA is for you. Uh, maybe you don't feel confident yet. I don't know. But if you do, <laughs> I was about to say, what day is it? Right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I said to myself, because the first few months I was in my own head, really stressed out about yeah, like, am I there? Am I am I am where I am with MMA? I don't feel as comfortable. And I was like freaking myself out. And then a couple months ago, we were doing a pay-per-view. And if you watch the pay-per-views, I do Raw. And and obviously, um, Michael Cole does SmackDown. And so I, I get a break. So I'm sitting and I'm watching this. And the crowd's going nuts. And the match is going on. And in my head, I went, you know what? It's all a ride, man. This is, 
the W it's like when I was a kid, it's all a ride. It's all theater and it's all fun and, and go with it as much as you can. And don't worry about all this stuff. And ever since then, I've enjoyed every single one of these things. It is Ariel. It's like improv. Mm. It's the only way I can describe. It's almost like improv because also like someone's going to the ring and boom, somebody comes out of nowhere and attacks right. them. Like even the structure of MMA, we're like, they're going to walk in, they get checked, they have grease. Okay. Boom. They go in there. They announce even that structure. If you don't know anything about MMA, at least, you know, I have a walk-in. I have this. A lot of times in, in W, you don't have any of those things. Don't stress about that. Go with it and be ready to, to, to react and be improvisational about it. And once I got there, I got so much more comfortable. It's going to take a while, maybe probably got at least a year or two before I'm where I am in MMA, where, right. you know, you give me anybody and I, I know everything they've ever done. Right. <laughs> That's going to be a while, but I'm, I'm getting there and I've made a mark with a, a big shift in the last couple of months for what, sure. What about the travel? It's a lot of travel. How are you dealing with that? It's well, the funny thing is when I explain to people, it's the same number of days. It's just more, more often where mm. if you go to a UFC or a Bellator, there's fighter meetings, mm. uh, fighter meetings are Wednesday. I mean, like, so if the, if the fight's Saturday, okay. Yeah, for example, yeah. uh, fighter meetings are Thursday, weigh-ins Friday, fight Saturday, fly on Sunday. So a lot of times you fly in Tuesday I mean, or Wednesday to mm. make the fighter meeting. So it's four or five days yeah. of travel for one event. It doesn't work that way with the WWE. I fly in Sunday. I do Monday night run and leave Tuesday morning. Mm. So yeah, I do it every week. I used to do it once every couple of weeks, but it's double the number of days. Okay. So it's pretty much as far as travel days, it's about the same. It doesn't really stress oh, me yeah. out, man. That, that's actually a good way of yeah. putting it. I didn't think of that. I, I yeah. guess the every because they don't take you know weeks off, right? There's no off season in WWE. Yeah. So there's no off season, but also in MMA, like a, a good show, pay per view could cost me. Pretty much the whole week. Right. You know right. what I mean? Pretty much the whole week. And it doesn't work like that with WWE. Do you miss calling MMA fights? Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny because I never did it. Well, I only did it a couple times. Um, uh, Play by play. I miss. I miss. Well, I just the, mean like being in the booth, like color analyst calling. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you miss yeah, that. Yeah. For, for sure. For yeah. sure. I do. For sure. I do. Um, That's that's the world I was in for 20 years, man. That's it's, it's so amazingly comfortable to me. And what I tell myself, what's true really is maybe I was too comfortable. You know, you, you're kind of like, I was so comfortable. You throw me into any color situation. All right, who's fighting? I got it. And I could do it. Boom. Like that to go to the WWE, which is on a scale bigger. Mm -hmm. And there's all this to learn at first that, that, that I was, you know, I was concerned about the, the, that, that, that discomfort. And now I'm kind of like, I got completely out of my comfort zone to do something totally new and different. And that's been an incredible, amazing experience. I'll always love MMA. I'll always love combat sports. Um, it'll always be, you know, you know, home. That's where I started. But man, this shift in my life in the last year, I couldn't have predicted this. If you'd in a million years that I'd be where I am now. And it was because of that ability to get out of what I was comfortable with, you know? And so that's, that's really kind of the blessing in disguise of all of this. Are you able to do MMA shows or is this like an exclusive deal? You can only do nope. WWE. You can't. Nope. I am with the WWE and also um, anything I would do too. Like <laughs> when are you going to have time? What am I going to do? What am I going to prowl? Hey, you know, we have a show Wednesday. It's like, dude, I leave Sunday. I come back right. Tuesday. You know, I, I, I work right now. I have three gigs. Okay. I work six days a week. I do Sirius XM four days a week. I do WWE on Monday and I do as you said, UFC fight camp that you and I used yeah. to do together. Yeah. I still do that with Bill Murphy uh, for ESPN international. 
those are my three gigs. I barely have time for if somebody called me right now and say, Hey, we want you to do this thing. I'm like, no, I gotta yeah. sleep right, at some right, point. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am now. It would be difficult if not, not just contractually, but like just my life, it would be really difficult to do anything else right now. The the serious show is interesting to me because now you're so you know invested in WWE, you have to keep up with everything. Is there a part of you that feels less maybe interested or less caught up to speed on the MMA stuff? And now it becomes a little more difficult to do the MMA shows because before it was all MMA all the time for you, right? Like there were no, yeah. but now you kind of have to do your homework, I would imagine, because you're traveling, you're doing, you got a ton going on. Has it become more difficult to do that show because of your new job? No, it's because the nature of the WWE is very flexible. As okay. I said, it's almost improv. It's almost like, you know, right before a match starts, they're like, okay, you know, we're, we're switching this around or this around. It, the pro, I don't know, like I did with UFC a month ahead of time, who's in a big paper. All right, I'm going to start doing my, I don't know. So when I do an, a, a, a Monday Night Raw, I might know one or two matches, mm. maybe. Okay. And then the rest is like, okay, here's, here's what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And the meetings are finalizing things and all this stuff. So it's almost the other way around where I'm MMA, MMA, MMA. And then boom. All right. Where am I? Sunday. Okay. Right. I'm in Phoenix. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Raw. Da, da, da. And I start working on that because I can't prep. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know everyone in the Royal Rumble. Right. It's Saturday. I, right. I, I don't know everybody. So it, it's very freeing because it's almost like I don't know until, you know, Sunday night, Monday, what's really, really what's going on. So it's very like, OK, read and react and go with it. And then MMA is the prep and the homework and all that stuff. It, it's still the, the prep side is still a lot of mixed martial arts for me. Still, you know, not to bring up an old story, it still seems so weird to me that the UFC thing didn't work out, that you were only there for a year. I know that was a yeah. massive deal. D did you feel resentment afterwards? Was it hard for you to watch the product because of how abrupt that run ended for you only one year after leaving Bellator? Yeah, that was. You it were, was. I, can't, yeah. I don't blame you, man. I don't blame yeah. you. Yeah. It, it, because it was almost like the, the hard part was I'm still in this. Like It's almost like you're breaking up with a girlfriend, you work with her or something. It's like, I don't really want to see you right now, right, but right, I don't right. have it. Like, it's still my living. It's still yeah. MMA. And the UFC is the big dog. So you, I can't just like, I need a break from the UFC. I, I couldn't because I was still doing, um, like I said, I got the UFC fight camp gig where, where you and I work together. And then um, I was filling in for Luke Thomas all the time. I had to keep up with my ex-girlfriend. I had to yeah. stalk my ex-girlfriend that I want, that I don't really want. You know, the breakup wasn't great. Um, I don't really want to do that, but I didn't have a choice. And so that year, that whole year was brutal. <laughs> was brutal. And then, the the contrast of a but, sport. And by I the way, ever, when you say the year, yeah. the year that you were there or the year after? The year after. Okay, gotcha. Brutal. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. there it was easy. Yeah. The year after was brutal. 2017 was brutal because of all of those things. And da 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 da. It's just, ugh, it's nightmarish. But th the idea that a sport that I know, like the back of my hand, that I'd spent so much time in, eh, you didn't fight for us. We, we don't want you. And then the WWE. Go uh, <laughs> my, after my audition, Michael Cole goes, we think you're an incredibly talented broadcaster. They offered me this, uh, uh, basically a retainer deal, meaning here, just, just come here. Just don't, don't work for anybody else and come here. And, you know, we want you before somebody else gets you. And all, I was like, you How know ironic. what, like, the difference yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. these other people who, who I'm just learning and trying to figure out yeah. thought I was fantastic and gave me Monday night raw and this other sport that where I could, you know, do it with my eyes closed. Ah, you didn't fight for us. We don't. Was want that you. what you were? It was that was weird. the ultimate reason. That was literally the, the, my conversation about. They said, uh, "I, I the, the exact words were, you were great 
you did everything you asked us. Producers really liked you. Um, we're going with just you, ex UFC fighters. Huh? And I went, all right. Wow. That was literally, you were great. I, I will, these words are seared into my ears. Yeah. You were great. Producers really liked you. Everyone enjoyed working with you. We are going with UFC fighters exclusively. And they, and they knew when they hired you a year before. They knew when they hired me that I didn't. <laughs> it was like, you knew this a year right, ago. Right, right, I don't right. know what to tell you. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I, I just want to preface this by saying uh, this is not like, I love Laura Sanko. I think she's incredible. Yeah. She is awesome. She didn't fight for the UFC either. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it uh, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Okay. It's not like it's meaningful. It's like, oh my God, we don't Do you yeah, believe it doesn't that? Work that? Do you believe so. that's the reason? Um, I've pondered this quite a bit. Um, it's, it isn't really that I, I, I think that's their way of saying you weren't part of our club, mm. not just, not just, you didn't fight for us, but you didn't come up through the UFC. You came up over there. And so mm. you're not really part of our club. Not so much that you didn't fight here. Cause Laura Sanko was kind of part of that club, right? She kind of came up through yeah, the UFC yeah, and yeah. I didn't. Okay. Um, I think that's what they were essentially trying to say in that you didn't fight for us was you didn't come up through us. You're an outsider. Mm. and that was kind of the deal to me yeah um do you still have that resentment no okay, no it, it didn't yeah well, but it, it wasn't like it wasn't person it wasn't like it, I, I didn't take it that personally in a way but it was just as you say you kind of want to break from that like yeah and I, I couldn't get that so that was the hard part it wasn't so much that i was like f them and i hate the UFC. i didn't feel that way but it was also like can I not talk about you every yes, yes. effing day <laughs> of my life when I'm still trying to recover from that? It's all, you know, you're injured in a motorcycle accident. That's your only way to work. You're like, I just don't want to get on a motorcycle right now. You know, can I get freaking? Right. And so that was the hard part was I still had to talk about them incessantly when I just wanted a little time yes. to digest and process. And I didn't get it until <laughs> WWE called me. And, wow. Hey, could you take over the biggest show in cable history? Um, yeah. So it, the turnaround was amazing, and I, I, I the W. I'm so incredibly grateful, and 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 they've really they've really been there, been there for me, man. I don't even know how else to say it. They really have been. That is great. Um, one last thing on all of this, and I'm going to let you go. Um, it all worked out, but I'm just curious. At any point before it worked out, did you regret leaving Bellator? Oh man. Uh, yeah. To be totally honest, yeah. it was part of the reason too, was a lot of people in the UFC. Um, everybody knows, I know, you know, Joe Rogan and John Anik and those guys, it, it was hard not to, they, a lot of them were like, man, we'd love to have you. And, da, da, da. and I, I was, I wouldn't say recruited in a way, but like a lot of people expressed a, a desire to work with me or whatever. And when it all kind of fell apart, I went, you know, I could have just stayed where I was, man. You mm. didn't have to, you know, I didn't, I could have just stayed where I was. Now, there are reasons beyond the UFC that I, I, I didn't, and I've been vocal about this. So I'm not, I didn't like Bellator's matchmaking at the time. I, mm. th I thought they were doing things that I didn't like, that I didn't like calling, that I didn't like being around. And um, so it wasn't just that. I felt the need for a change and I felt the need for a move and I felt the need to, to, to um, make a change in my life. But once again, when it all fell apart after a year and I had to, you know, scramble to find a career again. Uh, yeah, you do kind of go, man, I couldn't just stay around and just right. kind of put up with it. But yeah, there were, there were things going on that, that Belter doesn't do anymore, thankfully, that that I didn't like being around with them. 
Well, I'm looking for. I mean, first of all, you're doing great, man. You really are. Thank um, you. And Thank and you. I appreciate just how tough. I can't do that job. Like I would not even dare to do that job. It is so tough what you are doing. It's so hard. And how seamlessly <laughs> you just kind of walked into that is supremely impressive. Not just going from analyst to to play by play guy, a guy who wasn't following the product. I mean, that could be a lot to handle in its own right. If you're a play by play guy going in without knowing the product is one thing. If you're going from one seat to the other, that's a huge, huge jump. And I love the running back to quarterback analogy that you made. Royal Rumble is this uh, Saturday in St. Louis. And I can't, like you talk about a fight that feels like a fight, a match that feels like a fight. Lesnar versus Lashley is a big deal. We're about to talk to Bobby any second now. Could I just ask, is 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 Lesnar as intimidating backstage as he seems? Like, does he talk to like is he just sitting there and catering, having chicken? Can you just talk to him, or he's you know kind of tucked away by himself? I've never once seen him backstage. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, that's Bobby, all Bobby, yeah. Bobby. By the way, double legged me at the in the locker room, and I showed him what's up with my guard. Ask him about that. I will bro. ask him how quick he was tapping. By the way, okay. tell, tell him I'll, I said that. So, <laughs> yeah, Bobby. I see and, and mess around every time I see him. Lastly, I've literally never seen backstage. No, wow. Not one time. Lesnar. Lesnar. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Lesnar, I've never seen backstage. Wow. Bobby, constantly. Okay. Lesnar, never seen him once. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask Bobby this question right now. Uh, Jimmy, you're the man. Good luck with the show. Unlocking the cage, Sirius XM, Fight Camp, ESPN International, of course, the voice of Monday Night Raw. Very happy for you. Very happy how it all played out, my friend. And uh, continued success. And thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Appreciate your brother. Thanks for having me, man. All right, there he is, Jimmy Smith, the voice of Monday Night Raw. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, what, what, a, what a story that was, right? They came in with a, uh, a new voice, Adnan Verk, who's tremendous from ESPN and MLB Network. And then all of a sudden, uh, there was a switch, and they announced that Jimmy Smith was in. No one saw this coming. No one saw it coming. It's a Wednesday thing with the porridge. I just want to let you guys know. It's a Wednesday thing with the porridge. And uh, that was big news. That was really big news. But he's doing great. Please appreciate. And I know some of you aren't wrestling fans, and that's all well and good. You know who Jimmy is. 
you watched him, you know, doing the Bellator shows for years. You may have watched him uh, on that Fight Quest show. You may have watched him on M1. Definitely probably saw him that one year in the UFC. And I felt bad for him because he left Bellator and you do the one-year deal thing. One-year deals are tough, but it all worked out. His analogy of going from, and this is like true TV, you know, I love this stuff. I can I could talk about that, sports media, the gigs, the roles, the jobs. I could talk about that all day. Going from a color analyst. Sometimes I, I see people like, oh, this guy should be play play. And I'm like, you know, that's not their job, right? Like John Anik has a very specific job. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo has a very specific job. There's 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 a reason why you don't see color analysts become play-by-play guys. That's why I have an infinite amount of respect for Sean O'Connell, who went from fighter, athlete, to analyst, to play-by-play guy. His path is just the most insane, the PFL's uh, voice. So what he's doing, what Jimmy's doing is uh, fantastic. What, what O'Connell's doing, I, I just have a lot of respect for play-by-play guys. I can't do that job, to be honest. Now, now, can they do this? I don't think so. But just for the record, I can't. Now, uh, let's move along to our next guest. We were just talking about him. How fun is this? I mean, had an amazing run in MMA. I presume it is done, I mean, for the time being. Uh, He is very entrenched in the world of pro wrestling now. Great collegiate wrestler as well. And on Saturday, it's a dream match. I thought, I said this should have headlined WrestleMania, but we're getting it early. We're getting it Saturday. First time ever, we're getting Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Never happened before. And it's going down Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Here he is, the one and only, the former Bellator Strikeforce Shark Fights fighter, the one and only Bobby Lashley joining us. Bobby, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm fantastic, man. It's good to talk to you. It's good to see you again. I'm very, very, very excited about this. I do have to ask you about one thing that our previous guest, uh, Jimmy Smith, just said. He says uh, he's rolled with you several times since joining WWE, and he taps you within seconds. And he said to ask you about this. Is this true or false? Yeah. Oh, Jimmy is smoking something. I don't know what it is. That's what he said. <laughs> he's coming up with those pipe dreams. I grabbed him a couple times. And, and see, this is the thing. Um Jimmy keeps claiming that he has this this great jujitsu. Um, yes. So I said, let's 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 roll sometime. And 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 ever since I said let's roll sometime, oh. he seems to never have gear on it. Wow. He's always coming in a suit, and he's like, oh, I don't have any gear. I don't have any gear. <laughs> so the last time I was like, all right, since you're never going to bring any gear, I'm just going to take you down and see what happens. So we went down to the ground and we went for a little bit. He has a little bit. He has a little bit of something, but uh, I think he could probably last me about a minute, two minutes before I tap him, but wow. I'm pretty sure I can tap him. But wait, he was wearing a suit when you did this? Easy. It, it was I, one of those stretch suits. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Fine, fine, fine. Um, well, okay, that's what he said. Now we, this is what we do as journalists. We try to get to the truth, and thank you for clearing that up. Yes. Uh, Bobby, I yes. can't wait for this. Saturday, you versus Brock. I spoke yeah. to you at SummerSlam in Vegas, and we were talking about the Brock, the, the, the one thing that you hadn't done yet, the match that you really, really wanted. Now here he is. I, I have to ask, though, it came under the craziest of circumstances, right? Roman Reigns test positive for COVID day one, literally yeah. a couple hours before he gets put into the match. And now all of a sudden you guys are in the ring for the first time, let alone, you know, involved yeah. in some kind of angle. If Roman Reigns doesn't test positive, is this not happening on Saturday? I believe so. I, I don't think it would have. Wow. That is crazy. You know, the, the cra- the, it, is, it is crazy because a lot of things in my career in wrestling – um, has happened because of like little freak occurrences like this. And it's not something that was always favorable for me, 
but um, it just happens. The show must go on. Um, if it was, if it was like you know UFC and everything else with the fighting, they just cancel the fight and then yeah, um, postpone it. But with wrestling, you know, you have somebody like Brock that has a huge name. If he's supposed to be on the pay per view, he has to be on there. Um, when I originally found out about it, I was like, take me out of the match, take me out of the match, put him in the match with the four guys. Um, and, and let's work some other kind of angle because I think the first time when me and Brock meet, it has to be under some pretty big circumstances and it has to be able to have something that we can build on. So I wanted to be out of the match originally, Wow! but I stayed in and, and, and I kind of just kind of made my point there a few times in that match. Well, that kind of blows my mind, though, because initially when I saw the news, when, when we found out that you guys were finally going to be in a match, so you would think there'd be interaction. I'd be like, oh, this is great. It maybe didn't go down the way Bobby had planned, but he finally gets to tangle with this guy and this could lead to other stuff. You want it out? That, that kind of – I get where you're coming from. Who convinced you to stay? Or did they say like, nah, you know, this is crazy. you got to be a part of this. Well, it was, and it was, it wasn't nothing like I'm, I'm that type of guy. I'm, I'm one of those guys that, that goes to Vince about everything is like, I don't want this. I don't want this. Sure. So it, it wasn't a point where I went there originally in my, in my heart, in my mind, I was saying, I want out. I didn't necessarily tell anybody of the powers of B to get me out of that match. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I just said that anytime, the first time when me and Brocker end up face to face, it has to mean something. So in that match, um, the match went well. Because me and Brock never had that time where we were just right there in front of each other. Um, there was a time where I speared him through the barricade. Then I speared him and I put him in my hurt lock. So there was a lot of questions that, that got brought up after that match. And, um, and, and like he said, I, I think he said before, is this is a match that should have, been happen- should have happened at, at WrestleMania. Yes. And it's not like it still can't. Sure. Um, just because the first time that we go out there, it's it's a little sudden. I believe it's a little sudden, but I think that there's a lot of things that are around that match that that could and may happen. But ultimately, just for us to get in there and start squaring it off, I think it's gonna it's gonna be something that a lot of people want to see. And and for me, it's not just a pro wrestling match. Um, people want to see who's gonna get that first takedown. Who's better uh, wrestling? Uh-huh. And people want to see um, if 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 he pulls guard, if I pull guard, there's gonna be some ground to pound. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that we're gonna shoot gonna out there. We're shooting out there, Bobby. Man, we have to. Come on, really? We have to. There, wow. has, there has to be a time. There has to be that time. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's, there's a lot of sense. egos. There's a yes. Lot of, there's a lot of betting. There's 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 a lot of uh, question marks with with um, Mr. Lesnar over there. In your humble opinion, why has it taken this long for you? I, that blows my mind with the amount of shows that you guys do. The how long you've been in the company, how long he's been in the company. It's crazy to me. There, there has to be another. There has to be a reason why this hasn't happened up until Saturday. What's your opinion? Well, I, I can honestly say at the beginning we just never crossed paths. That was a crazy thing. Like when I came into wrestling, um, he was still on the show, but I was in developmental. Mm-hmm. When I got moved on to the main roster, he left. Then I was on the main roster for a while, and then I took a break, and then he came back, and I was fighting. And when I was fighting, I was fighting for strike force at the time. And he, I don't think even when we were fighting, we were fighting at the same time. Hmm. So he was back. And then, and then I came back and I did stuff with the impact and he was kind of fighting. And then when I went to WWE, he was gone. And then after like my first year back after shit, 17, 16, 17 years, 
he came back and I was like, man, you know, this is, this is different because the one thing is, it's one thing that we didn't cross paths. And when I say we didn't cross paths, like we never met, I met Brock maybe about two years ago. Wow. And that was in brief, brief passing. That was like, literally he was at Saudi Arabia. He was having a match against Braun or, or someone, or I, I can't even remember who it was, but we walked and it was like that, that kind of walk where, Oh, okay. Now we're in the hallway at the same time. So we have to say something. Wow. So it was like, Hey man, what's going on? What's going on? We shook hands. And that was about, that was it. So, um, I think it was just one of those things that we just were never in the right place at the right time, never on the right show at the right time. And we're still not even on the show at the right time. So if that thing with Roman didn't happen, it would have still been something that we were waiting on. Animosity between you two? I don't think so. Back then? Like for the for like even that that brief, you don't think he's like, eh, this guy, you know, I'm not a f I don't want I don't want anything to do with it. Like I always I felt like he never tried to put you over, didn't want he if he could have you know, right. he would have said, Hey, I want I wanna work with Bobby. You don't think they make that happen? It felt like he kinda went it would, out of it would his have, way. It would happen right away. And and I'm not saying just him, but he has he has people that speak for him. And I, I know at the time Brock being such a big name and, and him coming back and wrestling, he was going for who's at the tip top. Mm. You know, so he had that match with Kofi. He has a match with Roman. He had that match there. And when I came back, I was like, I was fighting my way back up to the top. You know, I wasn't a world champion at the time. The match seemed great, but I had nothing that he wanted. So when I actually won the WWE championship, that was mm -hmm. the one thing that I said in the first interview that they asked me. They said, what next? I said, well, you know what? Because they asked me about Brock. And I said, I said before, Brock really had no reason to come after me. I said, but now he does. Mm -hmm. And I showed the title. I said, now he does. But um, he wasn't really in at the time. And then when he did come back, him and Roman started doing some stuff together. So it was, it's kind of like timing was off. Time has always been off with us. At what point did you know or find out that this would happen at the Rumble? Like, did you, did they tell you right, you know, after the match, you guys, okay, this is the plan. Because obviously like, he wasn't in the match. He's not even on the, the show that you're on. He's not in that title <clears throat> picture. When did this all come together? Well, the... After after you won the title, yeah, we did the we did the four way the next uh, Monday on TV, and that was one of the stipulations with the with the rumble or with the with the four way is that the winner gets Brock. Uh huh. So I knew that Monday gotcha. that you know you win this one, that's when you have Brock at the rumble. Does it annoy? Before you? that, had no clue. Does it annoy you, Bob? I mean, I know you're doing a lot of media. You're all out there. Brock doesn't do anything. He doesn't have to do anything. It's just like, you guys got to carry the show. You got to do the... And I'm fascinated by this stuff because I see how hard you guys work. I know you're doing a bunch today. I know he doesn't do a thing and he's the draw and he's earned that spot. But come on, is there a part of you that's like, can he do one thing to sell this? Can he talk to one freaking person? His doing nothing is doing a lot. <laughs> because if you think about it, it's, it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to compare him to... To like a, a Fedor. Mm -hmm. You know, Fedor wasn't yeah. doing a whole bunch of stuff. They weren't pushing him out there. And that's what keeps that mystique about him. That like everybody's like, oh man, you know, Fedor's this, Fedor's that. We we don't know because we never had an opportunity to really sit down and talk with him. And I think that was the best thing that Brock has done for his career is to be that unknown. Like people really believe Brock's out in the in the woods in the forest somewhere in Canada, chasing down elk and like like breaking their neck and skinning them with his hands. Um, because that's that's what that's people not true. Believe. That's not true. It could be true. Okay. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, if he didn't I post so. it on Instagram, then sure. I don't. I don't believe sure. it. Sure. That so, is true. Um, and and it's and it's good like that. And and some of the interviews that I had with about Brock, 
you know, I say the same thing. I'll sell the fight because Brock is a different animal. I mean, you've talked with Brock before yeah. and um, Brock's just kind of one of those guys that you just look at him. And I said this before, I was like, I said it in, in the wrestling world. I said, Brock doesn't have a soul. I said, because Brock is just, he, it, that's that mystique about him. You know, when you stare in, you stand yeah. squaring off with a fighter, yeah, yeah. everybody tries to like, I'm looking into your soul. I'm trying to find out, are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you ready? Are you this? Are you that? And Brock kind of has that just, and he does that. I mean, Brock is, is he, he's Brock. He's, he's that character. So for him to do a bunch of interviews, I think it kind of like, um, takes that mystique away from that's him. fair okay that's fair sort of like undertaker back in the day as well he didn't do a lot of media you know sure. breaking kayfabe and all that uh c- could i ask you about his hair what do you think about his hair his new hairstyle i like it come <laughs> brock's got a little swag he's got a little swag <laughs> you like that let him, let, him, let him have some swag Jeez. i mean know? i like the flannel and, and, shirts but the hairs is a little much uh, it, it takes I think it may take attention away from the big sword on his chest. Uh, <laughs> well played, well played. Um, so, okay, so this is going down, and and the hope for you is you want, obviously, you, you win on Saturday and then rematch WrestleMania, because my thing was, this is such a special match, and there are there's so few first times right now, right? There are so few, this has never happened before in wrestling, because you guys are always working, there's so many shows, why not save this for the granddaddy of them all? Um, but you're saying you, you, you went on Saturday, you want to run it back in April. That would be the dream, the hope. Um, it, it definitely. Um, WrestleMania would be something that I want to have him at. I mean, because you think about it this weekend, I go out and beat Brock, tap him out. Everybody's going to be like, Oh my God, mm. Brock's definitely going to want some revenge. Right. So I'm sure we're going to have a second fight without a doubt. Right. By the I way, think th- I think this is a fight that we can sell to a lot of different people. Oh, for sure. I mean, this to me is 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 the match. I mean, I'm I'm honestly looking forward to just seeing you two in there more than the Rumble itself. And the Rumble is my favorite match of the year. Just the sight of you two behemoths in there is gonna. I mean, I'm reminded of G- Gorilla Monsoon back in the day. The irresistible force meets the immovable object. That's you guys in in 2022. Yeah. Um, why did you ultimately? Why did you stop fighting, Bobby? Like you were on a roll there with uh, Bellator. Why? Why did you? Say no more. I think I think because I, when I came into it, I came into it with my, the wrong mind frame. Really? I, when I when I originally came into fighting, I came into it saying, "I mean, I want to do one fight, then I want one fight, then another fight, and then another fight, and then all these things started getting thrown at me." And the hardest thing with me with fighting was I I, I had all these fights. I think I had like eighteen, nineteen fights, something like that. I mean, there were some that didn't that were kind of like smaller fights that didn't really get put on my shirt on record but um i didn't ever have an actual training camp really never had a training camp so that's was one thing is when i was like man can we run for the title i want to run for the title but because I'm, I'm a single father so i have my kids mm. and what i was literally doing is I was having to run down to um, Barnett. I did some work with Barnett. I was running down to American top team and I would, and I'd be there for a week and then I had to run home and then I was with my kids and then, and then I'd run back and I'd get a little bit of sparring in a couple of days here or there. And then Josh would come up and meet me and he'd do a little bit with me. So my camps were just so broken. And, and, and as a fighter, um, and once you start moving up the levels, you really have to, have a game plan. You really got to have a team. You really got to have everything together. I mean, some of the other people like, um, and, and I don't take anything away from Brock for this because it's, it's a bit of jealousy when Brock was fighting, he had a gym built right beside his house. Yeah. 
guys flew out to him. His coaches flew out to him. So he ate breakfast, went outside, trained, got to spend time with his family. In Denver, I really didn't have a team that I could work with full time at the time. So I was traveling down the American top team and I was going back and forth and I didn't see a way that I can make that better. I built a gym, an American top team gym in, um, in Denver. And I was like, maybe I can bring people in, but now these are a lot of expenses that I was taking on. And then it seemed like I was like, you know, now, now I'm running a gym. Now I'm like selling my cardio kickboxing class and, and, and trying to push my cardio, my, my CrossFit courses. And I was like, all right, so this is pulling me further away from what I'm trying to accomplish. I was like, if I need to, if I want to do this thing full time, get into UFC, make a run or stay with Bellator and run for that title, I've got to put it all together. And I just, it, it was challenging. It was, I didn't find a way that I could do it. And I didn't want to take any time away from my kids. Mm. So I was kind of in, a, in an awkward situation. Now in, in, a, in a different world, like if I could have moved out to San Jose and because I was working with Dwayne Zinkett at the time mm-hmm. and Crazy Bob and Javier, if I could have moved out there and been training with Kane and Cormier full time, it would have been a whole different ball game. Yeah. If I were able, if I were able to go down to American Top Team, Dan Lambert down there is probably one of my closest friends. Um, Dan would have put me up there and I would have been able to stay there and train full time. My career would have been a whole whole lot different. I mean, I did the best with what I had. But uh, when you're going into fights with no game plan and you're questioning everything about and you're questioning, all right, did I do enough cardio? I mean, I did kind of run a little bit. I did get on the aerodyne a little bit. <laughs> but, but when you question a lot of these things, it's kind of hard to just go out there and feel comfortable to fight. All these other guys, they live at their training camp. They're there all the time. They have their coaches on, on speed dial. Mine, I was jumping around and I would carry my, my boxing coach with me from place to place. But I just really didn't have it all put together. Considering all of that, um, I, I never heard you say that. I'm I'm shocked you lasted 17, 18 fights. That you went that long without doing it the proper way. That's pretty crazy to me. <laughs> well done. I I had you know I had the I had some great coaches and 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 I and I'm not a I consider myself a fairly intelligent person when I'm learning things, especially in martial arts. So I was able to pick up what they taught me, take it home, and then kind of like work. Like some of the guys that I was sparring with when I went home were um, Yusuf. Yusuf, you know Yusuf Rule. So he's a, what, fighting at 135. Yeah. I mean, I love the kid. But um, him, Austin, um, Austin Jones, some of these guys were smaller guys. And I had Alex Huddleston, which was a big heavyweight. But, um, and we used to corner each other. But I never really had that core to be able to really take it seriously. And I didn't want to like disrespect the sport by just taking big money fights and going out there and and winging it. Mm-hmm. Do you regret this? Like, do you ask yourself, what if? What if I had this camp? I could have, you know, been so much greater in MMA. Or, or are you at peace with how your career went there? Um, I am at peace because I'm in a great position now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was sitting now broke <laughs> with these eyes under my belt, still questioning, then I would then I would say, man, I wish I would have done more. I mean, there was a time when I first started in, I, I did start with um, Zinkin and Crazy Bob. That's where I first originally started. And they were like, man, we, you know, a lot of these guys are up here. Fitch, um, all these guys are up here. Koscheck was up there. All these guys are up here. They were good friends of mine. So I was like, man, we can make it happen. But, you know, my kids were young and I couldn't do it. Wow. So um, 
I don't, I don't look back at it saying I wish anything. And I never do that with anything with my career. I just told myself, I'm going to make the best of what I have and I'm not going to leave my kids. So, uh, so you had the run in strike force, bell tour, shark fights, N- never UFC. Did you ever talk to them? Like, were you ever close to going to the UFC? I, 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 I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know that Dan had talked with Dana at one time and, um, and, you know, Dana, Dana, he was fair with it. He, he said, he said, you know, we can't offer him like a huge contract, but we will give him something that he can get his foot in the door and kind of um, prove himself. Uh-huh. And that's all I knew. And 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 then when I talked with Dan about it, Dan's a huge wrestling fan, huge pro wrestling fan. Yeah. And Dan was like, but they want you to sign everything. Like, there's no more pro wrestling. Are you ready to shut the doors on pro wrestling? And I was like, golly, you know, you can't, you 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 can't. You can't offer me a contract and say, yeah, we bring him in, but he needs to shut all that down with small money. Right. Because the wrestling is something that I knew that I could really make some good money on long term. So I couldn't take a small contract to, to prove myself where I had pro wrestling, where I already proved myself. And that was always my money back that I can always go back to. So I really couldn't do it. Now, when I talked with Coker, Coker was like, sure. Yeah. If you want to do this, you want to do that. Yeah. Whatever level you want to do it at, we're going to be there for you. If you want to pro wrestle still and still take fights, then we can do it. Mm-hmm. And if there's any ever a time that you want to go after Koscheck or you want to go after one of these other guys, um, we're not um, not Koscheck, but Chet Congo, he right. was in there. Um, if there's any time that you want to go after him, then uh, we can bring you in, and then you can do something more. Okay. So everything was kind of left up in there for me um, with, with, with Coker. And I wish I could have did that with Dana, but I understand that you can't do that in the UFC. He's not going to let anybody have kind of that part-time do whatever you want kind of contract. And that's what I needed. And that's what he wasn't willing to give. Uh, better MMA fighter, you or Brock Lesnar? Not who, like, obviously he won the UFC title, but like <laughs> skill-wise, take away the resume. Who was the better MMA fighter in your opinion? Um. Without trying to disrespect him, I, I I don't know what he's he's capable of doing, as far as like skill wise, because I don't know. Um, afterwards, I mean, I taught boxing, um, I taught jujitsu at my gym, I, and, and what I tried to do was I, I ran with Strike Force there for a while, and I had a little hiccup that kind of sent me back a little bit where I took some of the smaller fights. And when I did those smaller fights, what I was doing is I was I was sharpening my axe. That's what I was to say. So I was really learning my boxing, really taking some time and, and get some jiu-jitsu in there, um, sharpening my wrestling skills. So I, I, I turned into somewhat of a student of the game. So as far as skill for skill and knowledge for knowledge, I, I think that I have a lot more than he does. Oh, in it. Man. And we'll, we'll see a little bit of that uh, on Saturday, I presume, in St. Louis, Royal <laughs> Rumble. Uh, before I let you go, Bobby, could I ask, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, I, you know, uh, the internet is a funny place and wrestling fans can be funny people. Some were upset with Big E losing the title on that night. And, you know, he won the belt not that long ago. His run, uh, Big E's run, what did, what did you think of it? Did you, uh, did you feel like it was successful? How did you feel like he was as champion? I, I think it was successful. It was successful for what we needed at the time. See, the, the thing with Big E is, and, and what I believe is, he was not shadowed, but he was with the new day and a lot of the attention and focus wasn't on him because you had Kofi there, you had Xavier there and you had Big E. So when he was in there, he didn't really have all the attention that I thought that he should have had. That's why when he did have the title run, 
the New Day moved over to um, SmackDown and he stayed on Raw. And when I started wrestling him, and this is the one thing that I like, and what I tried to switch up with my character a little bit, when I came back with the Hurt Business, what it was, was we didn't give these guys an opportunity just to be, oh, let's do some cool moves and let's wrestle. We wanted to bring out that fight in people. And that was one thing that when me and Big E went at it, there wasn't like his, because he likes to clap and do his little yeah, gyrating yeah. and all these different things. He couldn't do that with, right. with me. So the fans got a chance to see a different side of, of Big E, right. that anger right. side. And when you, when you see him get angry, Big E's a big dude. So when he came out and, and he, the first time he really got angry, when I first saw him get angry, was when he did cash in that, that title. And I'm sitting down on the ground. I was like, no, my knee, my knee, because my knee was hurt. Yeah. So he shouldn't have won in sure, the first sure, place. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, but um, I saw him like his veins popped out. Like he was, he was in the fight. And that's what we need in wrestling a lot of times. There's one thing to be very entertaining. And there's another thing to have like some of the, you know, the fighters, MMA fighters and, and different people look at it and say, damn, I, this is a fight. Yeah. You know, you know, we're losing that a little bit with professional wrestling. And when I first came in, we had that, you know, you saw a lot of these guys, these hardcore Holly walking JBL, big show, all these different guys are like, damn, these, these wrestlers, you know, I don't know about these guys. We need some of that. So I think that I brought that out a little bit in Big E and then Big E kind of showed that the rest of this time during his title run. So I think even if they moved him now back with, um, with the new day, I think he would be more of a figurehead of that group. Mm. And they would look at him as like the muscle and the, the, the grit for that group. So I think, yeah, he could have had a longer title run and, and yeah, it kind of sucked that he had to lose at that point but I think he got the rub that he needed for the rest of his career. He will always be a main event guy because of that. I agree. And he will always be in that world title picture because of that. Uh, loved your run. But he will well. never, ever, ever beat me again. All right. That's right. <laughs> uh, love the clothes, by the way. You and MVP, you guys, uh, I mean, the clothes, fantastic. And uh, I, I love the fact that we're finally getting this match. So good luck to you on Saturday, Royal Rumble, Peacock, BT Sport, Box Office over in the U.K., uh, I mean, a dream match, really, a dream match for a lot of fans. So thank you for the time, Bobby. Best of luck to you on, yes, on Saturday night, my friend. Always. Appreciate it, man. All right, there he is, Bobby Lashley. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, what a scene that's going to be on Saturday at the Dome in St. Louis. Like I said, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. And, and he had a great run. Hey, we get the... Uh, the UFC heavyweight title on Saturday, January 22nd, this past Saturday, we get the WWE heavyweight title this Saturday. Lesnar versus Lash. I mean, come on. Even if you're not a big fan, how does that not draw you in? 15-2 and two as, an, as an MMA fighter. His last fight was in October of 2016. Beat Josh, uh, is it, am I, Appelt. I mean, it wasn't a who's who. James Thompson... The big one was the loss to Chad Griggs. Remember that in Houston, August of 2010? That was a big one. That was a really crazy card. Strikeforce Houston because it was King Mo's 
uh, first title defense as a um, as a champion. Why is uh, my microphone so loud all of a sudden? What happened there, Frank? Something go? I felt like you were being really quiet. Oh, you really like boosted me. You're being really quiet. So. You could prove it. How? On a meter, like you just started kind of whispering. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I uh, I like to speak softly. Anyway, that was a crazy card. What we got here? I hit my microphone. Um, Which is super loud in my ear right sorry, now. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Think... King Mo lost to Fei Zhao. Jacare beat Tim Kennedy. There was a fun finish there between uh, KJ Nunes. He finished George Gurgel. And then Chad Griggs, who I think at the time was a firefighter, ended up beating Bobby Lashley in a shocker. And then Chad Griggs actually made it to the UFC, believe it or not. Uh, he, uh, had a, he was like the Cinderella. You guys remember Chad Griggs? Who remembers Chad Griggs? The Gravedigger, I believe, was his nickname. Was it the Gravedigger? Let's see here. Really going into the... Uh... Yeah, the Gravedigger. How about that? 43. I haven't thought of Chad Griggs in quite some time. Uh, he uh, then became an alternate... In their heavyweight tournament, their Grand Prix. Remember, he beat John Volante in 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 Volante's big debut via TKO, East Rutherford. That's when I first met Volante and Chris Weidman when they were on this show. That was the card that uh, Fyodor lost to Bigfoot Silva, and he beat him. And everyone was like, "Holy smokes, this guy is a freaking Cinderella story!" And then he beat Valentin Overeem, if you recall, in June of 2011. That was the card that. Uh, Josh, I believe it was, was it Josh Barnett? No, that was uh, Alistair Overeem against Verdum. Yeah, Barnett fought uh, Brett Rogers, that's right. And DC fought Jeff Munson. And then he got brought over to the UFC when they merged Strikeforce and UFC. And he lost to Travis Brown. He lost to Cyril Diabate. And then that was it. I don't know how we got down this uh, Chad Griggs rabbit hole but there it is so bobby lashley what a run for him crazy story back in the day with him uh he was at the bank while he was a collegiate wrestler and uh a, a bank robber came in and shot at him and he dove to protect himself and he severely injured his knee as a result and essentially uh, that ended his amateur wrestling days But now uh, he is doing great. He's a big star over there. And this it's, it's a crazy story. For those that don't know, if you want to get a little bit into it, uh, a crazy story. Uh, the, the champ, Roman Reigns, tests positive for COVID. He's got a long history of uh, health issues, leukemia, has to withdraw the day. You know, we were talking with uh, GC a couple of uh, weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. What's going on here? We were uh, talking about the events that were ruined by COVID, the main events that were ruined by COVID. This was a big one. It was their first pay-per-view of the year, Roman Reigns test positive. And then uh, they put Brock Lesnar in this match, this four-way with Lesnar's in there, Seth Rollins in there, Kevin Owens in there, and Biggie's in there. And these two guys meet each other, and it wasn't even the plan. And now they're going toe-to-toe at Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble's the best. I'm looking forward to being there. Greatest Royal Rumble moment, of course, 1992, Ric Flair. I say this with a tear in my eye.
Is that loud enough for you? This Super is loud. the greatest moment of my life. Because when they say you're the man to be the man, you gotta beat the man. It was great. I love that moment. 1992, of course. Richard Flair, Ric Flair, won the Royal Rumble. Albany, New York. What a moment that was. Okay, uh, in a matter of moments, hopefully, we're going to be joined by the head coach of MMA Factory. So spread the word. Fernand Lopez, who, of course, was a, uh, a very big part of the buildup to UFC 270. And what a response. Wow. Again, what a response to that interview with uh, Francis Ngannou. Again, when I was sitting there talking to Francis and listening to him speak in this calm, cool, collected way, very honest, very genuine, very authentic, very smart with his choice of words. You're sitting there and you're like, you know this is the UFC heavyweight champion. And he's not making this personal and he's not coming across like a loose cannon who doesn't have it all figured out, who doesn't have it together, who is asking for crazy things. He is coming across, I thought, very well. And there's a moment like where I'm watching him, I'm like, this... And again, this isn't me trying to do the old Barry Horowitz. Like, this feels seismic. This feels like a big deal. Now we'll see what it all translates into and we'll see how it all plays out. But I hope you guys just appreciate the courage that it takes to do what he is doing. And I saw some people um, comparing his situations, his situation to Randy Couture back in 2007. And yes, there are some similarities. There's no doubt about that. So what's going on? We, we have Fernand or no? Stand by on that one. Because he wrote, to, I wrote, are you all good? And he wrote, yes. Uh, and that was two minutes ago. Can you ask him to join the Zoom? Okay. He's not answering us. Well, that doesn't make sense. Um, so, let me just. People have compared it. I saw some people comparing it to the Randy Couture situation, Extreme Couture. And yes, you know, he has that press conference and he retires suddenly as UFC heavyweight champion and everything. And there are comparisons. Obviously, there's some similarities. But the big difference is Francis is on his way to becoming a free agent. Randy was in the midst of a contract. So as much as he and Mark Cuban and HGNet and... You know, he said, he said, by the way, he's going to be there in a minute. Um, as much as they wanted to challenge it, at the end of the day, they had a legal binding contract. It was going to be very hard to break that. Francis doesn't. Francis is done in a year. Now, he does have the champion's clause, so he can't just leave. And the injury, we'll see how that comes into play. And if he does, in fact, go under the knife and all that stuff. But he doesn't have any fights left on his deal. Again, had he lost on Saturday, he would have been done. He would have been finished. He would have been a free agent. And so that's the mate. You can't overlook that. That's the major difference between his situation, Randy's situation, and any other situation that we've ever seen in UFC history. It is unprecedented. By definition, we have never seen this before. And again, I reiterate, when you consider that, those stakes, that contract, when you consider he's going up against his former coach, when you consider he's going up against his former training partner, when you consider the fact that he's battling everyone going into this, right? He's betting on himself. He's leaving money on the table, all this stuff and more. When you consider all of that, and then you consider the knee injury and that he probably needs surgery, and then you consider he's down 
0-2 going into the third. And then you consider that he has to win, not via striking, which is what he's known for, but via grappling. One of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen. And it's great. I love I love seeing people like, me, you know, the jujitsu, it wasn't so impressive, blah, blah, blah. You, you must not know the backstory. You must not know about everything else that this guy was dealing with to say that about that performance because it's not just about the singular moment, those 25 minutes. It's about everything going into it. And it was super impressive. And as I said uh, on Saturday and Sunday and Monday, Cyril Gunn's going to be back. Cyril Gunn's a great, great talent. He is young. He is still relatively new to MMA. He, uh, he's getting a chance to fight for his first UFC title in a fight that had a lot going into it. Cyril Gunn's going to be a part of the UFC heavyweight division for a long time. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, what do they do with John Jones now? If John Jones is going to fight, who knows? I mean, at some point, it's like, are we going to do this or not? If he's not going to be around, I could see them trying to do Jones versus Stipe. I could see them trying to do Jones versus Surreal. I would imagine that that Surreal would be more interested, excuse me, that Jones would be more interested in the two. He would probably more interested in uh, be more interested in Stipe just because of his, you know, his resume, who he is, all that stuff. But that's going to be a really interesting story to see how it all plays out because if, well, first of all, Francis doesn't resign. That's a whole other story. But if Francis does resign and honestly going into that interview on Monday, I would have said, yeah, now that you, like I said it on this show, I think the UFC is going to, you know, make it right. And they may. But I got some questions now. I definitely have some doubts now because as he has said multiple times, it ain't about the money with him. It's about the freedom. It's about all these things in the contract. Also very interesting to see not a lot of people publicly, fighters publicly supporting him, backing him. We know why, of course. Tough spot to be in. But if there's a situation where he's going to be out for a long time, whether it's with the contract or whether it's the injury, they got to make a decision with John Jones. John Jones looks like he's ready to go. He's certainly tweeting like he's ready to go. I'd love to uh, to get a real gauge as to you know how ready he is to go. I'd love to see him back. One of the greatest ever it would be amazing. But I think the fans, I think John Jones needs to convince the fans that he is serious about coming back. It has been two years. Next month will be two years since his last fight. And I agree with, who was it on Monday? Was it? I don't remember who said it. Who was it who said it on Monday? But 205, I mean, he had done it all. And now he's fighting guys who he probably thinks that he's, you know, he's a level above, and he and he is a level above. And I think the motivation wasn't there. And so I want to see what heavyweight John Jones looks like, how he, you know, acts, how he fights, how motivated he is. I think we all want to see that. Jones versus Stipe would be huge. Obviously, the one to make is Jones versus Francis. I want to see Jones versus Francis more than Francis versus Tyson Fury. Let's be very clear. Francis versus Tyson Fury would be fantastic. And, and you know, it would be a spectacle. And that would be unprecedented. But in terms of, you know, seeing these men do what they are best at, I want to see Francis versus Jones. That's one of the biggest fights that the UFC could put on. One of the biggest fights. No doubt about it. Undefeated light heavyweight champion. And I know he had the one loss to Matt Hamill, but, you know. Goes up to heavyweight, fights the king, 
What a story. Now, Francis isn't available. You got Surreal, you got Stipe out there. Does he want to come back in a non-title fight? And I don't want to advocate for an interim, even though I think that that could be in play here if he has the surgery or sits out, because I'm not trying to advocate for them to try to brush Francis under the rug. You don't, you don't want, I mean, I don't think anyone wants that. I think everyone wants to see this play out in a fair and honest way and see what Francis can get. But again, to speak the way he's speaking with the conviction that he has, it's damn impressive. It really is. It really is impressive. I can't wait to see how this story plays out. And, and again, as we predicted, this is going to be one of those stories that we're going to be following for the entire year. It's going to be his story. It's going to be uh, Diaz's story. It's going to be Izzy's story. It's going to be Connor's story. Francis versus Jones on July 2nd. I know that they'd love to have Diaz versus McGregor 3 on July 2nd. We'll see how that, you know, shakes out. Obviously, Connor needs to get back to 100%, and, and he suffered that injury last July, and, you know, it was uh, it was pretty gruesome. But could you imagine... I mean, could you imagine how big of a deal that would be? Francis Ngannou, John Jones, July 2nd, Las Vegas International Fight Week. I'm happy that they're bringing back the Expo and the Hall of Fame is going to be that week and all that stuff. You could stick around the following day and go to Allegiant Stadium where they're going to have uh, money in the bank. What a scene that would be. But right now, too early to tell, uh, too much up in the air. We did find out, unfortunately, yesterday, uh, first reported by Combate, that the May 7th card that we thought was going to happen in Rio is now going to happen uh, in the United States, no longer Brazil. And I asked around, and what I was told was, what the teams were told, what the camps were told was, quote-unquote, political reasons. I don't know what that means, because to the best of my knowledge, they're having events with pretty big crowds in Brazil right now. And that's a bummer. It's a bummer because there's so many big fights coming up this year that are tied to locations. Not always the case, right? Not always the case. Like, well, I don't know, uh, Dustin versus Charles. Yeah, sure, it's great in, in Brazil. But like the, the story or the location isn't a part of the story. Francis versus Cyril would have been that much cooler in France. The location was a part of the story. Izzy versus Whitaker, the location is a part of the story. New Zealand, Australia. Miami is a big part of Colby versus Jorge, right? Not so much those two title fights in April, but then Glover coming back home as champion, big part of the story. Charles coming back home as champion, big part of the story. Justin saying he wants to fight Charles in Brazil, big part of the story. And so it's a bummer that these fights are all happening and they're not happening in the location where, you know, it makes the most sense and where it is a big part of the story. All right. Uh, without further ado, let us go to the Zoom machine and, and talk to the aforementioned Fernand Lopez, who's kind enough to join us after a very busy week, a very busy weekend, a very busy few months for him and his MMA factory team. Fernand, my friend, thank you for the time. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. And I'm sorry that things didn't uh, go your way on Saturday, didn't go Cyril's way on Saturday. But as I've said, and I think a lot of people would agree, He'll be right back in there, and he's a tremendous talent, and I don't think anyone doesn't believe that he's going to fight for the belt again in the near future. Could I ask you, just? and I know this is a broad question, but how did you feel about the fight? What, what are your thoughts now about the fight several days later? Well, um, competitive fight. Uh, competitive fight. I, I did all, all the process. Uh, 
uh, is about learning process and it's about um, uh, you know enjoy the process and I, I, I did enjoy all the process the fight was uh, oh one second rounds. there's a there's like a weird static sound coming through now here I don't know what that is I just don't want anyone uh, do you, on the zoom end yeah yeah there's some is there something brushing up against the the microphone at all there's no I mean like uh, uh, Come on, Ariel. I'm trying to be pro. This is my microphone. Oh, that's good. So something's brushing up against it. When you hold it, actually, or I just, it, it sounds very staticky and I don't want to miss what you're saying. So when I hold it, did, did, did that sound better? Or? Yeah, that sounds better. Much better. Much better. Okay. Let's go like this then. Uh, so I was saying that um, uh, I've, everything was when very like we planned till uh, the third round when. Uh, when that kick get cashed by Francis, and then he, he had that that takedown, and and um, and after that um, thing was more um, tough because Francis is tough. We know that it will be tough for the wrestling department. We we definitely know that. I mean, that people that they think that that was a surprise. Uh, we know that one hundred percent. I mean, like I have a, a book coming up in. In the two in inside of March, that uh, that the, the the book that been writing in the the real time mm. on the preparation, the real time, and uh, and you will see that mention on that book that uh, we know that. But um, against the two things, one is that um, people the 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 really do underestimate the opportunity that someone can have, like uh, the first step that that was amazing takedown mm-hmm. was something that Francis sized the opportunity, which, which is good. I mean, I don't want to take any credit of that, but that's not like a timing attempt, a takedown to you. you. You kick me and while you kick me, I cash your kick and then I just reverse you and that was spectacular. Very good. No problem. After that, the protocol was followed very good from Cyril, which is how do I get back on my feet? Uh, how do I reverse the position, sweep the position, try to uh, hit any submission, and then maybe go f- from there? So at that point, Francis started to work on the the Kimura. And uh, because of Cyril defending very well with the arm on the opposite armpit, pushing the armpit, that make difficult for Francis to even attempt that submission. But again, I did like the fight and uh, I need to give the credit and uh, the, the congratulation again one more time to remix it to his team, Francis. They, they did what they should have done to win the fight. And uh, that was a competitive fight. How, uh, how surprised were you uh, obviously, you know Francis well. You've studied him. You've watched him. How surprised were you with his grappling that he was able to do these things against Cyril? Yeah, sorry. The the connection kind of uh, got screwy there. Can you hear me now? Um, I, I, I can hear you. Okay. How surprised were you with his grappling? I need you to help me to break down his grappling. Okay. What do you mean, what, what, what do you mean well, when I you mean, say about grappling? Well, okay. The you wrestling? mean about... Oh, no, I, I wasn't surprised. Like I told you that I know that they will be wrestling. 
because like I said again, I said that in many interviews, I don't see how in this two first round we will be challenging in the boxing department. I know that they will not be challenged. And that, that was what happened. There's no challenge with Cyril in the boxing department, first of all. And then we went to the wrestling department and that wrestling takedown, the first uh, takedown happened with a kick, did cash it and then sweep sure. and reverse the team. That was good. I mean, Francis is powerful. And I think he did a, a good job on, on, on wrestling. That's good. Uh, but I wasn't surprised. I, I'm, I'm serious on that. I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to say to you that I, I'm not uh, I don't appreciate I really appreciate but I wasn't surprised at all okay. what happened. Uh, and the grappling the people out there saying that Cyril Kurt out grappling. Uh, if you can help me to break down that part of out grappling, I don't really get it. I, I know guess that. the part that surprised a lot of people was that we've never seen Francis really do anything on the ground. Like even even like basic stuff like wrist control, right? Like just or 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 like escaping and taking the back, just like basic stuff that anyone does. We've never seen him do that. So that's, that to me was like wow. That's why I'm not. I don't agree with people. That's not true. Remember that Siri Francis won four of his five by submission, including in the UFC beat yes. Hamilton with a Kimura. Yeah, I mean it's one thing to do that, but it's another thing to do it against Cyril Gan on a big stage because Cyril's so good. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's a compliment. Listen, he's so, down two rounds. That, uh, no one yeah. thought that it was going to go that way, right? By the way, Francis via decision was a plus twelve hundred. If if that makes like no uh, one thought that that was going to happen. Okay, this part I was for surprise. Yeah. Okay, I'm talking about the 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 way of winning the fight. I didn't talk at any time that Francis will win that fight by decision. That was yeah way way far. I mean, if you get me in the second round at all, Cyril. There's no way you're losing this fight by fatigue. You can be fatigued. You a cardio machine. You can just be fatigued. But again, um, uh, Francis on top of you can wear you down. He's heavy. He's powerful. He's solid. I'm trying to say that when people they say he out grappling someone, that's not the case. Well, I guess you could say he outgrappled because he won the rounds, right? He won three, four, five, and it was primarily contested on the ground. So that's why I think people are saying that, right? That's that, 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 that's the thing. The thing is that uh, uh, you can win the round because you take someone down, and you can win the round because you lay on someone, and you, you, you this, this, that's the situation. But again, if if you ask you. As a referee, what did he attempt exactly to submit or to evolve the, the fight? Kind of hard to say. So I, 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 I'm, um, I'm impressed by the fight IQ that he had to wear down Cyril, play on him, block him, and 
every time that he tried to, yeah, you were talking about the risk control. That's something that he was doing already long time ago. I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I don't really know. This nothing surprised me on, okay. the, on, on, on what happened, to be honest with you. I, I, I just know that the performance that this was good, but not surprising for me. That's fair. Okay. Um, so can I ask you, did you know that his knee was injured? At all. You did not know? No chance. I mean, like... Because there were rumors. Uh, Even I was... Like, there were people were tweeting about it. There were a ton of rumors. And then the broadcast... There's a... There's a... There's a... Okay. If... If... Um, I, I thought that they're going to find that video of me talking to Cyril just before starting the fight. Mm. When I saw that... Um, um, David, Sirigan brother, sent me a, a, a screenshot of um, Twitter saying that I heard that someone who knows someone who has the phone of Francis said that Francis is hurt on the knee. That was on Twitter. And I asked David, do you buy this? And David said, no. And I said, no, I don't buy this. And when Francis get inside the octagon, yeah. And I saw the two knee uh, rappers. Yes. I, I called Cyril to come close to me. And I said to Cyril, Bye, don't, don't fall to the bed. Don't go there for the low kick. He will counter you. I don't believe that Francis is hurt. Don't go there. Don't kick him on low kick. He will counter you. That's what I said to him. So, oh, wow. again, uh, I know how you guys can twist some things. I don't want tomorrow this going up in the interview saying that Fernand Lopez saying that is a lie. Francis wasn't hurt. I don't say that. I'm saying that on my point of view, the way that the information of Francis getting hurt was leaked just a few hours before the fight, I thought that was a bet. I got you. 100%. And I told, I told that to, friend, to Cyril. Don't go kick a blank low kick. You will get knocked out by Francis. Don't kick down. Say on the on the kick that we use it. We, we, we our game plan was to use the taekwondo in order to put Francis out of possibility of any KO. Like the solution that I found that was the best solution to avoid any possibility of KO was to use the taekwondo, which is uh, was good for me because that's the language that I know how to talk to someone in Korean, not talking in French. Because yeah. if I say low kick or if I say uh, you will get it, someone will get it, Francis will get it. So we did all the fight, the, the, the game talking about Apchagi, which is Tip talking about Yop Chagi, which is the side kick, talking about Jit Chagi, which is uh, the back kick, talking about uh, uh, Mondolio Chagi, when we were talking about the, um, how to say this, the wheel kick, mm. the, the kick that uh, uh, stunned a little bit Francis. That's what we use on this all this camp to make sure that the language was different and to make sure that we keep him to distance. Distance of leg a little bit longer than distance on hand. And that went perfect. I mean, like, we didn't, Cyril didn't get efficiently touch in the head. 
Um, but um, I didn't buy any time and any moment about anything about dangerous. Like in our camp, we know that the very day of the fight, very late, and we and I give the instruction saying that forget about the injury. I don't believe it at all. What were you thinking when Surreal went for the leg lock? That was good for me. Like, again, I don't want to, uh, don't take, I don't want to avoid the responsibility on that leg lock. The way he landed there, I knew that he was going for the leg lock. The way he started to bring Francis' leg on his thigh, I know what was going on. And because I didn't want to say clear the talon, which means he'll hook, I just said, yes, go for it. You got it, go for it. Now, this is the thing. Uh, the the, the, the MMA Wars is amazed me every time how analysts can go all the way or all the other way. When friends, when Cyril Gan hit the head hook on less 15 seconds from the fight that he was winning completely against Deontay Mel, everyone was like, wow, the guy is so talented. He's looking for a spectacle. He's looking to finish fight. He's not boring fight. He's not go there to land on people and try to be boring fight. He's trying to finish fight. People, they can, you have tons of people say, oh, this kid is the good kid because now he's going for a finish fight. He's not there. They try to touch and not get touched, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. When we go in this fight and the guy miss the hill hook, instead of saying, well, he made a choice. Mm. The choice that could be good or could be bad. But because we was at least to finish the fight on that hill hook. But People, they are like, that was a wrong move. That was a wrong move. But who knows? I didn't I didn't know that. I, I, I knew that we had two rounds. I know that Francis had two rounds. I didn't really know if the judge are thinking like me. Matter of fact, one of the judge give Francis the first round. Hmm. So what will happen if Cyril lay there, do not make it to have a efficient uh, ground and pound and went there to end and then they said they, they give him the defect you will have said well you know what don't leave it to the judges you should have give everything to win the fight that's what the kid did so again maybe that was wrong but I'm 100% with him I know that oh, <laughs> I, I, told, I, I, I mentioned you the, the book that I'm writing I, I, I'm, I'm that's coming up on March. What is crazy is that in the start of the book, the book that I wrote, in a training session, three months before the fight, Cyril attempt many hill hook at gym. And I said to him, forget about hill hooks. Hmm. Francis is another animal. The pain will not make him give up. Forget about the hill hook. That's what I said to him. And secondly, if Francis come on top of you and in hammer you, one hammer fist or two, you are out. So let's forget about that strategy. But while we was going to, on training, keep training, I felt like 
he was so good on that hill hook, like so good. He, he hit the hill hook on so many good, talented um, uh, um, grappler in France that I was like, you know what? You're right. If you feel it, let go. Hmm. He was going for the Imani rolls on people on the gym and hitting that and wow. making that work. <laughs> so why should I not believe on him? Like when he was on a quadrupedic position, like when he was on his, on, on his knee, he was attempting with the um, knee bar and going from the knee bar and go for the heel hook and he can masterize like three or five version of hill hook that he had. So again, I just want people to understand that, well, sometimes it goes well for you, sometimes it goes wrong for you. Um, I don't regret at all that hill hook because again, if I didn't hit that hill hook and we lose on the decision, I will be killing myself saying that, why did he not try this? Because I know he's very good on that. Mm-hmm. This is part of spectacle. Like, you guys want Cyril to be uh, to bring the show. He brought the show. He who is a show. In my team, in Eric Nixon team, in the people in the in the in the in the venue, who didn't get scared on that he who? Who didn't? Everyone was like, "Oh shit, is going for this again." But well, it went bad. So let's just say. Um, we didn't. We 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 we'll back to the board. Uh, we'll back on the board and try to learn again and try to walk again. That's it. I mean, try to blame a kid saying that. Well, you're stupid. Your father no, is not that good. That's stupid. Nah, that's. I mean, listen. You go for things. They work. They don't work. I mean, it it happens. There's that's not the reason why he lost the fight. You know, you go for stuff in in a 25 minute fight. And now at the end of the fight, Fernand, did you think he had won? Or did you did you feel like those last three rounds didn't go your way? What did you think? I knew that we, I knew that we lose the fight. Okay, okay. Because again, like I said to you, when he decided to go for the for the hilo, I was okay with that. Yeah, I, I knew that I could have said to him, "No, don't go." I, I know what you're trying to do. No, don't do that. I had the possibility to do that, but I didn't. I eventually pushed him to do that, and again, it's too easy to come give the number after the lottery is out. Sure. That's right. Of course. A bunch of people are there trying to say, well, you should have not do this because of this. Yeah, that's why. That's so easy. The lottery is already out. And then you come in there, you say the number is one, two, three, five. Well, you know what? Everyone knows already the number at this point. If you was in my if you were in my position, if you were in the Syrian position, are you sure that you will not go for the hill hook when you know that you are a master of that hill hook? Like, people they don't know how good Cyril is on hill hook. I'm telling you that he is doing the Imani roles, going for the hill hook. So I know what I'm talking about. But again, Francis is another animal. It's another level. And he, and he showed that again. So I have only respect for him as a sport man. I have only respect for his team. Nothing to say about it. They have all the credit. They are the champ. We just have to back on the board. And as soon as we in in my in the plane backing home, I already give a call in 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 in, um, in two heavyweight coming from Dagestan for the wrestling. I think I already give a call of two tough guy in the grappling. The next four months, Cyril Gan will hit will eat 
grappling like ever he never did because anyway what 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 do you have left three person Stipe Miotic wrestler um uh John Jones wrestler Curtis Blade wrestler Francis decent wrestling right, right, right. so at this point we made we made what we should have do which is accelerate have the way to accelerate a career, speed a career. We know how to speed career, which is, I know how to bring someone to zero to the title very fast, using his strength, not getting in any submission. That's what we did. Now that we are on the top, now that we can challenge the belt, now is the time to be perfect in all the departments. If you want to let a legacy, if you want people to talk to you uh, uh, as a code, uh, as a god, you need to be in all that department. And that's what we intend to do right now. We, 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 Cyril can have 10 days vacation and then we are back on board. Now that it's over, Fernando, it, it was obviously a very personal buildup and emotional, and, and there's a lot that went into that fight. Now that it's over, are you, are you happy that it's over? That was probably a very exhausting few months for you, and I'm sure last week especially. Are, are you happy that this, at least for now, who knows if they meet again and it will start all over again, but for now, are you kind of relieved that this is all over? All, all 100% I'm relieved. Like, when I crossed the octagon, the, the day that uh, Siri lose, lost a fight, when I crossed the octagon and I shake Francis' hand, that was my way to say, okay, buddy, it's over. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I mean, like you, Ariel, if you ever ask me a question of Francis again, kind of question that can be tendentious, negative, I will just say to you, I'm not talking about this. Mm -hmm. If you ask me anything that can be uh, in the, in the reality, in the actuality, obviously I'm MMA person. So I will talk about it. If there's something that is natural, that's something that's normal that can be, but my beef with Francis, I'm done. Like they can say whatever they want again on me and Francis. I'm not responding anymore about that. I'm done. Is it over? Over. I'm done. Good. I'm, ha I'm happy to hear that. Did you say that to him? Or was the, the handshakes? I, I, I didn't say, I, I didn't have time to say that to him. I shake his hand. We spent like maybe five seconds or four seconds looking each other in the eyes when we shake hands. But I talked like maybe five minutes with Michael. He went, he went, uh, he, he went to me and called me and want to talk with me. Michael, uh, Martin, his manager. And we talked like four or five minutes just in the medical, when a serial was in the medical check. And I talk already also with, um, and I, like I, I heard very hardly and deeply and sincerely uh, Eric Nixit and we, we trade very good work on what yes. we're doing and uh, what we should do in the next. Also, um, when I shake uh, um, Camaro's man hand, he stopped me and said to me, Fernand, we are brothers. Let's stop this. Let's mm -hmm. just move on. And I said, you're right. Let's move on. So, yeah, uh, uh, the, the three persons that I just mentioned are people that I think to represent Francis. And um, even I didn't 
um, uh, that was his moment. He was champion. I didn't have the moment to talk with him, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted with that topic. Do, do you, do you, can I ask you one last thing on the topic? Do you regret anything that was done or said from, from your side leading up to the fight? Do you wish you could do anything differently? No, leading on the fight, no. Uh, I don't, I don't, there's nothing that, um, if, if you check everything that I said before the fight, everything that I said was almost accurate. I, I didn't say something wrong or tend to be wrong to hurt him or to do something. But again, like my advisor is saying, no matter what you say in this topic, you look bad anyway. No matter what you say, you just look bitter. You just look ex-wife, no matter what you try to say. So I'm not regretting. What If there's something that I regret is one myself that I didn't make it to... Uh, as, as, as a coach, you have the responsibility and the duty to, to give some value to your student and to make them, um, to, to, to make the good mood in the gym. I'm, I'm sorry that um, the first four years with Francis was very good and uh, I didn't make it to, to, to be to keep the relationship with you with him in the in the good mood, uh, so that's something that is is still um, still painful for me that I, I feel like I failed, you know. And uh, and uh, if if there, if there's something that I regret again is that which is sad to regret actually, like everything started because I went publicly responded to a journalist, saying to a journalist, yes, I think that Dana White saying that Francis has an ego is good. I do regret that, which is sad to regret that. But I do regret that because if I didn't say that, if I didn't admit that, I think everything would have go the same that we, we, we used to do. We had so much up and down with Francis in the past, but we were talking, we were dealing with that ourselves, not on, on public. So, yeah, but but leading to the fight, I don't know. I don't I don't have anything that I, I can tell that I regret. Matter of fact, I think both of fighters they can they can say thank you to me because I did build the fight a little bit on that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You're a good promoter, and I know you're a promoter for Aries uh, FC, so you have that promoter in you. Could could I ask you uh, what would you like to see happen with Surreal next? Like, who do you want to see him fight, and when do you want to see him fight? Uh, when do I want to see him fight? Who do I want to see him fight? Um, I would like that fight with Francis happen in France, if that possible. But I know that this is the last thing that the UFC is thinking right now. Sure. I think if if they solve the problem with Francis, what they would like to do, what everyone would like to have, is John John Francis, and that makes sense for sure. me. That's that's the fight to do. But again, as a manager, uh, Francis uh, Cyril made a lot of money for this fight. A lot. Enough, actually. We, we feel like we're satisfied for the money that is hard. Not one that people think that he had. The money that he had is very good. Okay. And 
and um, and um, and um, like you, 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 you have time to. We can wait six months. We can we can we can wait seven months. Matter of fact, he is is now a big investor on a lot of stuff. Like he just uh, uh, he decided to get all his money on a on a cryptocurrency. Oh. With 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 because he's working with a, a platform named uh, Metafight. That Metafight is is one of the best platform because they have that new technology. Talking about the, the the time capsule that you can send a message and keep that in the capsule. This is the the the, the very uh, sophisticated technology. So he's on, on NFT right now, working with Ternoa. and um and um, therefore we have time to let him wait till. Maybe they can build the fight. Maybe they could sort out the problem with Francis at some point. Oh, so you're if saying immediate. That not big. Okay, yeah. So, so, so that what, what I'm saying is that, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like the fight was close. And when the fight is close, generally we're talking about immediate revenge, gotcha. which is which can make sense, but I, I'm, I'm realistic. Mm-hmm. John Jones is number one in online. You cannot, I mean, like, this is how it works. It's a yeah. business. And I do understand that. But if you ask me as a manager, I'm like, let's go for the immediate revenge in Paris. Yeah. Because again, I'm not saying that just because of Francis. I think that if they fight in Paris, uh, because of Cyril, I think that if they fight in Paris, Francis would make good money in Paris. Very, I mean, like, France is going nuts about this fight. Sure. African people, they are going crazy about this fight. Most of followers of Francis are African people living in Paris or living in Europe. That will be Huge. banana if they have this fight in France. But again, I don't think that will be more banana than John Jones, Francis. So I don't know. But in my point of view, that's the fact that I would like to have. If that do not happen and they have any issues having Francis on board in the in the company, then obviously we are ready to take John Jones. Okay. And 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 yes, if that do not happen, there will be Stipe, there will be uh, Curtis Blade. We are not. A, I mean, like Cyril. If you ask him, he will say the same to you. Anyone, anywhere. It's the same. You do not care. I mean, just throw anyone and let's play with him. But I, I just, I just wanted to be honest with you. I said to you, if I have a fight that I want to do, that will be a massive, massive, massive intro for the UFC in in oh, France, man. and that will be used for the Europe. That's what. I, yeah, that's that's the reality. It would be gigantic. Um, I, I wish you the best, Fernand. Thank you very much for coming on. You have another show coming up in February, right? An Aries show coming up in February? Yeah, 10th February in um, in in Paris, France. And, um, Good luck. And we will be live on UFC Fat Pass. That's right. Yes, congratulations on that. So bon courage, félicitations. And, uh, you know, congrats on a great fight. It was a I thought it was a riveting fight. And again, I have no doubt that uh, Cyril will be back. Nasruddin is going to be in the mix as well. You've got a lot going on there at MMA Factory. So thank you for yes, the time. Yes, Nasruddin uh, fighting. Yeah, uh, good luck to you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Ariel, see you soon. Okay, Bye-bye. there he is, the head man over at uh, MMA Factory, Mr. Uh, Fernan Lopez. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply who, of course, was a big part of that promotion. He's right. He did promote the uh, the fight a lot. Uh, he certainly added to it, and they even had uh, the coaches, Eric Nixick and uh, Fernand Lopez at the media day, which I thought was interesting. So we'll see. I agree with him. I don't think it would happen uh, immediately, but I certainly agree with him that a rematch in France would be just... Tremendous at some point. Francis sticks around. There's a lot of ifs. Francis sticks around. Francis resigns. Not out for too long with the uh, the injury, of course. Cyril probably wins one or two fights. All of a sudden, you do that fight, hopefully the world is back to normal. Hopefully you can do a fight in, in France. I mean, they opened it up. Bellator was there. They're doing Aries there. And... Uh, other smaller promotions, I mean, it would just be gigantic. It would be great for the sport. And one would imagine three, four years ago, uh, this is this is a layup. This is something that happened. So that's the the story in the main event. Uh, let's go to the co-main event now. What a, what a story it was and what a scene it was and what a feeling it was for us as viewers to see Brandon Moreno, who had been through so much. We know the story by now. UFC, released from the UFC, works his way back up, first Mexican-born child. The pop that he received on Saturday, I mean, go back to that. That was that was the same kind of pop that any superstar in this sport gets right now, regardless of arena. It was a superstar pop. It was amazing. What a moment it was, and uh, so well-deserved. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way, but it was a tremendous fight, and one of those fights and performances and pops makes you think, like, this guy is a star with or without a belt, if I'm being honest. And so without further ado, let's say hello to the one and only Brandon Moreno, the pride of Mexico, who's kind enough to join us. Uh, oh, wow. What are we working on there, Brandon? Oh, sorry. No. You are there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you working on, Brandon? What's happening? What do we got? I'm working in a, let me see, in a McLaren Elba. Oh, wow. Look at that. Just, you know, something little. Just to work. But how, how long finish, does that take? I'm ready. How long does that take you? Nah, to finish? this one is just like uh, 45 minutes, something like that. That's it. Okay. This is what you do to come. Yeah. Look at this room that you got here now with the Funko Pops and everything. I mean, it's amazing. Man, we have a nice, a, a really nice collection now. Maybe I need to put my ass, my ass to work again to get on a, a bigger house because yes. I need more space now. That's right. That's right. You know what's amazing about you, Brandon, and, and why we love you and respect you so much? If someone didn't watch the fights on Saturday and they just popped into my show and they're like, oh, Brandon Moreno's on. Look at this smile. Look, I have, They're like, oh, he probably won on Saturday. How are you so happy just a few days after the fight? Um, Man, you know, this is... I, I mean, I understand. I'm just trying to be very happy always, but... Last weekend was very frustrating for me. Um, always when you have a bad luck, like if I get knocked out, uh, uh, some knockout, if or, or he finished me with a submission, uh, maybe I will be very, very sad right now with you, talking with you. 
But man, the fight was amazing. Uh, I'm still saying I have the enough arguments arguments to say I won that fight. And but the most important thing is not be focused in the past. I mean, I need to be focused in the future and my present and future, and be ready for the next step in my career. So you do? Have you had a chance to watch it yet on TV? I, I saw the fight yesterday for uh, was my first time watching the fight, and man, I mean, I really believe I won the fight. Really, which round? I mean. Um, every single round. No, <laughs> I just, just kidding. But definitely, for sure, I won the second, the fourth, and the fifth. Um, but watch this. I mean, I have a, this clear example talking about the third round. Because in the third round, I get uh, the knockdown at the end, like six minutes, six seconds before the, the end of the round, I get no, uh, no, the knockdown, right? But I was watching all, all the fight, like, man, I was like, with a lot of volume, with a lot of pressure, touching his with pre, uh, with a lot of precision, like bam, 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 bam. I understand. I don't. I don't have the power. Maybe I, I don't born with that power. But man, I'm I'm doing my job. Like I'm proposing the fight. Like touching his face, bam, bam, bam. Very uh, a lot of technique, but but the judges gave gave him the the round for just one knockdown. So I connect like. 15, 20 points. I don't know. Right. And this is just an example. But I connect like 15, 20 punches, but just one punch, and then they change the. I don't know. <sighs> it felt anyway. like you stole the round with that punch, right? With that one punch. Yeah. You were winning 95% I, of the I feel, round. I feel, I, I feel that. I really feel that. And, you know, I get another uh, knockdown in the fifth round, but I. Was the same. I was connecting, connecting, connecting with precision, touching his face, bam, 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 with jazz, with my cross, with my with my hook. But well, we are here and we're alive and we are ready for the next step. <laughs> uh, before they announced the scorecards, did you think you had won? Sorry. Before they yes, announced... I mean I was very positive. Okay. I was very positive, and you know. Fidel was like a, like crazy, like jumping at the octagon. If you if you see my fights, I never, I don't like to go. Uh, I I don't want to jump to the to the octagon. I don't know why, but I ne I never do it. I was like just happy, like we did it, like running a little bit around the octagon, showing to the people, like man, I'm fresh, man. My cardio is on point, and that is another point. I, I make me feel a little frustrated with the decision. But this in this in this part is the frustration is against me. Like man, you at the end of the fight you had a lot of energy. Maybe if you could spend a little bit more, I don't know. A lot was made of him, you know, New Camp, Arizona, Henry, Captain Eric. Did he do anything that surprised you that you didn't expect? Um, I mean, you know, I definitely the game plan just was was nice. He was like running, and the thing he here is. Like the success, the figure of success in you know in all his uh UFC career was to be like the bully, like like I want to be aggressive and I want to put pressure and try to knock you knock you out on in every single minute of the round. But now he was like we're like run like run in the cage using angle like going back just uh, waiting just waiting for me and my fault definitely was like don't. Don't uh, can uh, put something more in in that in that game plan, right? So 
he did a really nice job with the kicks. I, you know, in the middle of the fight, I never thought like, oh, that that last kick hurt me. But maybe my concern was like, oh, maybe the next can hurt me, and I was very more careful mm. for that. May, that's the point. And but in the fight, I was like, I never felt like that kind of pain. Who I mean, you need to stop the fight. Obviously, when the fight was over and the, the adrenaline, the adrenaline go 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 down, and you start to cu- to cool down, you know, uh, the pain starts to come definitely because I I, I get a, a really a really good uh, kicks. But in the fight, I, I feel good. Yeah, uh, it seemed to me like the leg kicks obviously were a big part of his game plan and uh, what helped him ultimately win the fight in the judges' eyes. Uh, so it sounds like you weren't expecting that many leg kicks this time. You know, I was, I was expecting the, the, the leg kicks and maybe um, I was expecting like he hurts a little bit his shin because he was throwing a lot, a lot of kicks and uh, someone was right to my calf, calf kick to my calf, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the name. But uh, I was checking a lot of, the, of those kicks too, so I was expecting at some point, like, man, I'm I'm checking the kicks, like maybe he he's getting hurt of his shin and, and stop a little bit. Uh, but I mean, the guy is very tough because he never uh, really uh, stopped. I mean, so the one thing that came out uh, yesterday, which obviously drew a lot of uh, you know attention. Um, the story that was, I think, first reported by Mark Ramundi of ESPN, the size difference between the two of you come Saturday night. California releases this sort of thing. Other commissions don't. We have the uh, the, the the numbers here. Can we just pull this up real quick? Uh, he uh, weighed in at 124, but come Saturday, he weighed 143.2. So he added almost 20 pounds, and you weighed, uh, I mean, there was a difference for you. You weighed in at 124 as well but you only added 12 pounds. Did you feel like he was much bigger in there than you? You know what? Maybe in the, in the, in the first one, when we fall in, in, in 2020, yes, he, I felt like he's bigger than me. But man, I mean, I fought against him like three times. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a surprise for me. Actually, I think he's, he was light. Maybe the, the other ones, he was like, I felt him like 150 in the other ones okay so i i understand maybe for the for the for the people it's uh, like wow it's amazing but to me it's like man i mean no big deal he's getting that way because he's big <laughs> i'm assuming when he weighed in at 124 right but you know you came out first and then he came out second on friday you were like all right i'm gonna see the best version of this guy right in june he looked horrible on the scale at least this time you probably thought i was the first one yeah, yeah, no, I said you were the first. You were first, he was second, okay, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you were first, he was second. But he wasn't last, like last time in June, right? He was he was last, and he looked horrible there. Uh, so when you saw him, did you think, okay, I'm gonna, the, the weight is not going to be an issue here. I'm going to get the best version of this guy. Of course, yes. I mean, and I, and I was saying uh, that in, the, in other interviews, like, man, I'm expecting a... An, a like a better figure, like more motivated, with you know, hungry of of success, and he trying to get to cut my head off. Yeah, um, everything was real except that I mean, he never want to to beat me. Like he, his game plan was to go to the decision. <laughs> you think so? And won like that. Yeah. 
I never, he never tried to really finish the fight. He connect me and get the, some knockdowns, but I feel like this that doesn't was the the real game plan. But man, I mean, I was expecting the best of him, and I was expecting the best of him him of the last one mm-hmm. and the first one. Like, man, I don't know what the people think um, uh, about my thoughts of, of Figueredo, but I respect him. Is there a part of you that's kind of happy that you don't have to think about him for a little bit? That you're at least, uh, I mean, it's a lot of Figueredo. It's a, it's a lot. You guys have been circling each other now for over a year. It's a lot. <laughs> Man, even if I want to stop to talk about this guy, I mean, I really feel I won the fight, but the guy has the belt. Yeah. So I'm thinking the belt, who has the belt is that guy. So I can't stop to think about, uh, about this. And I, Man, so right now I put my my manager to work to push hard for the fourth one. Uh, he said like eh, I can't sleep it until I get the the fourth one right now. So he's working so hard to to make that happen. And right now I'm just trying to reco- recover my body because at the end of the day it wasn't a real war between us and mm. and my body my body right now is tired like as as always. So I'm just trying to recover to recover myself a little bit and be ready for the next step. I mean, obviously, I want the fourth fight. If, if it's not to happen like immediately, I I mean, I'm fighting with other guy, okay. But I mean, I want to fight against Figueroa and finish this man. You want it right away. You want immediate number four, unprecedented, never happened before. Four straight fights between two fighters. This is what you want next. Man, it's. Is Brandon Moreno making history as always? Yes, that's right. That's right. Now, how <laughs> how confident are you that they'll do it? Because I actually think there's a chance they might do it. I, I think it could go either way. What do you think? Uh, man, last last time I finished the guy badly. Yeah. And UFC gave him the, immediately the rematch. That's true. Now we have an, a, a kind of controversial, this, I mean, maybe not a controversial, uh, but a really close fight between us. I mean, the possibility is there. I, I really believe in that. And I'm putting all my energy to get that full fight. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? How How is everything since 2020, the, uh, since the first fight against him, the draw, the, the finish in, in, in Arizona, now this amazing fight in Anaheim. Man, I, I really feel like really makes sense if we go for the fourth one. I know you're locked in. I know you're focused on the night. But Brandon, did you notice how loud the crowd was when you walked out? Like you, that was like Conor McGregor coming out. That was, you know, pick a star. Chuck, Tito, Anderson Silva in his prime, GSP. That was crazy. What did you think? What were you thinking when you were walking out? <laughs> I told you guys, I'm going, cra- I, I'm going big. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're not going big. You Man. are big, my friend. You are big. Brother. Uh, I feel obviously the result was different than I was expected, but I remember myself like walking to the octagon. I mean, in the moment when I was in the octagon, I, I was like focused on the fight, like trying to win this. But when I walked to the octagon and I start to watch all the Mexican flags, all the people, like man, what happened with this energy? This this is like crazy and and man i that's why i feel like so lucky in some point because i never 
try to do this. I was, I, in my life, I don't know if you understand, but I'm just trying to be real in my normal life. Just trying to, to, to enjoy their journey with all the obstacles and all the, the good things. And I don't never, I don't never need to do some like, like trash talk or be a bad guy with somebody or, uh, put some drama in my life. That's why I, I love this because the people can recognize who I am and they love that. Um, that's amazing, man. Uh, you're, you're always so smiley, happy-go-lucky, but then we got to see Mean Moreno. You were very, like, mad. I've never seen you so, like, fired up before. How do you turn into that guy? Uh, man, El Bebe Asesino. That guy is crazy. I, uh, I say this before, man. You know, Brandon Moreno... It's one part of this body, like he's going to the interviews, he's going to, you know, he's a nice guy. You know, I'm just trying to be very humble, very respectful, very kind with everybody. But the guy who's fighting, like that guy's another guy and that guy is crazy. And you know, he's an asshole and he's like I don't I don't like the baby assassino, but it's it's part of this. What what is his name? Is that Assassin Baby? In the Spanish. Yes, 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 yes. Um by the way, where did that name come from? Uh, come from the uh, the, anu- the uh, announcer when I do my professional debut. He put me like that. When I at first I was like, ah, I don't like too much the nickname, and actually he don't even ask me about if I wanna be like uh, the assassin baby. But the, the the people start to to call me like that and. Like was like oh okay and right now like I, I feel uh, you know love for the for the nickname to be honest. What was the coolest part? Like obviously you you want to win, but the, I see you with Mario Lopez in the back. You're hanging out with him. Yeah. All these people. What was the coolest part of the experience of fighting in Southern California and getting all that love? Exactly that man. Yeah. The love, you know, a lot of people told uh, ask me. In five weeks, like man, what are you expect expecting with the people? Like, 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 man, I don't know. Uh, when I fought in Arizona, a lot of Mexicans is crazy, but I know, in you know, in Anaheim, in all that area, the Mexican people, the Mexican uh, fans, is a is huge. The fan base there is huge. My city is very very close. One one. Uh, one hour and 40 minutes uh, far from the arena. You, you just need to cross the border and that's it, man. So I was expecting like a lot of people uh, screaming my name. I was expecting like a lot of Mexican flags and that's exactly happened. And it's frustrating because I lost and they get the disappointment. Actually, when I'm starting this, everything was like a kind of easy because any I was alone. Like if I lost, like I lost and that's it. Anybody right. cares. But right now when I lost, it's like a lot of people be sad. Like uh, all my coaches was like very sad. I was very sad, obviously, but I was trying to be like, like uh, very strong. Like, I don't care. Okay, let's go for the next one. Let's go. But everybody was like sad, man, and that breaks my heart. <laughs> did Did it feel um, like there was more pressure this time? Your first title defense. Did Did it feel a little bit different? Yes, man. Yes, definitely. And I and I was a little bit uh, afraid of that because I never fought with all this pressure in my shoulder. Like, oh my goodness. But I was very calm in the moment when I went to the octagon because everything started to feel like relaxed. Like, oh, okay. 
it's, a, it's as always like right. the you know the the, ner the nerves and everything but in the moment when you're on the octagon everything is normal now uh, I, it's normal again so okay okay and, and, and it was an, an amazing fight you ever have the moment talking to yourself now it's like man uh, we know your story and nothing has come easy for you and you're like geez here I am Southern California and like I lose this close fight like why does it have to happen now why can't you at least given me this moment you know, like, do you, are, are, is that what's making this such a bummer for you? Because you you were received like a superstar and you wanted to give back to the fans, your team. And it, it's like, damn, in the prelims, it's one thing, right? <laughs> and I'm not trying, but like, is that is that what's going through your mind? Is that what's making this tough? Man, 100%. You know, that's why I, I, I remember that moment when I lost. Everybody was like, boo, like, yeah. you know, this, a little bit disappointment. And yes, man, that's why I'm a little bit sad. With like, I remember, I remember that because all the the e scenario, the the stage was there, like mm. the spotlight was there, like just go and win the fight. <laughs> but this, I feel like this this fight wasn't a huge lesson to me uh, because I promise, and maybe the people can, can start think like that's not right, but. I put a lot of effort in this training camp. I was the the better in the gym. I put all my ass to work every single week of this training camp. And I lost. <laughs> right? I saw him it's, call you. He said he called you a crybaby. You're not handling this like a crybaby. That's not cool. Why do you say that? I think you're handling this <laughs> with, with a, a lot of class. Like you're not crapping on him. You're not being disrespectful. You said you like him. You said you have respect for him. Man, the you know, so I, I say this before, so again, and I, I still think in the same, like, I really uh, think he's a nice guy, he's a good person, but with crazy and bad people around him who say, like, hey, you need to sell the fight, and you need mm. to say this, you need, you need to say that, and you because. I mean, even like in the press conference, he he looks like like very fake, all the trash talk, and you're like, man, that's why I was like, man, what are you doing? Why why you are trying so hard to impress the people here, man? Or it's you know that's that's what I say before, like, man, I I don't need that in my life, man. I'm, I mean, I prefer to be real with the with the people, like, man, this is what I am. Mm -hmm. Love me or hate me, but. Is this right? And that's it, man. <laughs> and and just curious, uh, did you get a chance to see Henry Cejudo? Did you guys clear the air? Uh no, 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 no. Uh, uh, man, I don't, I don't have nothing to clear with him. <laughs> okay. I don't hate the guy. Um, you know, I respect the guy. Um, he say I'm a traitor, but I just want to say, like, man, when I went with Joseph Benavides was for necessity because I needed, because I, when I did that, I was alone. I don't have my team in Tijuana uh, that my team in Arizona was training with other guy. Mm. Right. And I was alone. I, I mean, it was a professional career because everybody, anybody cares about my family. Everybody can, every, everybody can um, say something and put his opinion, you know, but in, in the moment when you need to take the decisions, I'm putting my, my family on front, man. I don't give a fuck, nothing more. Just my family, just my daughters, just my wife. 
And, you know, when I went to Joseph Benavides, I was for necessity. This guy is doing this, not for necessity, it's for revenge. So, man, even with that, I respect the guy. And I hopefully he's, uh, he will be a, a nice family guy. And hopefully he's getting like, he's, um, he feels fine if he's a family guy like that. So that's it. So the, the hope is maybe this summer, maybe June, July, something like that. We go number four, we make history. That's what you want. Man, even before, you okay. know, because my, my intention is not to start the division. Yeah, it's not my intention. So we can go like quickly. Well, I mean, we can do this like fast. We can go May or June if okay. if he, if he wants just to finish this and start to go go again with the division with the contenders. Winner takes all. Final time. Winner takes all. He has one win. You have one win. There's one draw. Let's settle it. Yeah, that, that's it. And it's not that I pitch. mean, if I win, if I lose, I can go for the next contender or or whatever. Okay. All right. Well, Brandon, you know, a lot of people don't like to come on after a tough loss. Says a lot about you. I saw you have 1.2 million Instagram followers, Brandon. You're a superstar. Look at you. And now we just have to get uh, Funko and Lego on board. I see you got the belt. Is, are, is there anything in the works? Is there anything big in the works or no? What? Sorry? Is there is there like a Funko Pop uh, of uh, Brandon Moreno in the works? Are they going to make it happen for you? Man, when... We need to push hard to get Come that on. Funko, okay? And no no Moreno. They should do UFC Lego. That would be cool, right? Man, that would be cool. Like something official because yeah. I, I had the, the Lego belt. And, but what, that was uh, a fan made for a, lo a local artist here in Arizona. In, uh, for, sorry, here in Vegas. And it's amazing. It's incredible. But That's like, incredible. you know, when it's official... It's tr uh, directly for the company. It's like, okay. Yeah. Where is that belt, by the way? It's with the other one, with the other with the other belt. Oh, you put it's it in the... It's, it's in your house, though, somewhere? Yeah. Oh, my God. Right, right now, we, we we are in my in the Lego room, but the, the other belt and the, the Lego belt is in, is in the first floor. Right, right. And by the way, your kids, how old are they? Uh, Madison, Madison has eight years. Uh, Megan has three years and Morgan has one year. And are they into Lego as well? Uh, the the older one sometimes she she loves like obviously build all the Lego, but then he starts like just destroy everything yeah, and yeah, throw yeah. like ah I don't like that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's funny. My son is turning uh, eight in two weeks, and he oh, loves. Congrats, Thank you, and and he it's I got him four car Legos because he's obsessed with car Lego now, building the cars. He does it super From fast. From champions, so you don't know. I don't know, but one of them was McLaren. It might even be the one that you were holding right over there. The one okay, was an okay. Ayrton Senna one, like you know the 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 famous yeah. F one driver. Yeah, and I saw it. And there's another one I think, um, uh, like a Chevrolet, a classic car. I don't know. So, so I don't know anything about this stuff, but I was curious if your if your kids like it as well. No, not not really, to be honest. And you know the car, the cars. I love the cars because they're when you finish the car, it's amazing. It's nice. But at the same time, it's like ah, uh, I, I mean, I don't care. I can't even feel when I when I build it because it's just I spend just like forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever get like those like eight hundred dollar ones, like the like there's a Star Wars one, like the huge one. You ever get that? 
No, no, no. It's because I, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Okay. That's why I don't like too much. But I have a, a, some big ones, uh, uh, some bad mobiles, uh, the, the bad mobile Tumblr from wow. uh, Dark Knights. Batman, yeah, yeah, Batman, yeah. Dark Knights. That, that one is nice. I have the uh, 1890, no, 1989 bad mobile there. Wow. And I have another one. Do you, do you do the Seinfeld one? No, I, I, I'm not a Seinfeld But you did uh, Friends, fan. right? Yes. You did Friends. Oh, man. Not a Seinfeld. The Seinfeld one is cool. The set the, of his apartment. I like that one. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see the, the show yet, so that's oh, why okay. I'm not a fan of it. You watch Friends? Sometimes with my wife. Okay. All right. You finish it. How long did that take she, you? She really loved Friends. Okay. I don't blame her. How long did that take you? Uh, that, uh, less than a week. Wow. A few days. Amazing. Because, you know... I'm not fucking adult. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so I need to do something. <laughs> Brandon, you're the man. Thank you so much. Great fight, my friend. And uh, keep Thank your you head so up. And I look forward to what's next for you. Thank you so much, bro. Hopefully right. we, can, uh, we can talk soon. See you. Absolutely. Anytime. There he is, Let's... the assassin baby himself, the one and only Brandon Moreno. How do you not love this guy? I mean, come on. How do you not love him? I did. But I hope my son's not watching right now because I did buy him uh, several. Four, four different ones. Cost me a pretty penny. I'm actually, I, you know, on Monday I told you guys about my wife uh, slicing her hand, feeling better. Thanks for asking. Uh, I bought the Legos while I was in the uh, the waiting room Friday night because I had nothing to do, and uh, it was a weird scene because I'm sitting there, I'm buying the Legos. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy this now. I've got nothing to do. It's ten o'clock. There's like three people in here. It's depressing at the the hospital, and there was like a nice lady there. And she was letting me sit, no problem. And then I went to get some fresh air. And then I was in the hallway with someone for a while, just kind of like walking back and forth. You don't know how long this is going to take. And this guy's wearing a paramedic shirt. And he's like, hey, this is like 10 minutes later. He's like, uh, do you have COVID? And I said, no. And he said, I do. And I was like, all right, thanks for telling me, bud. Of course, I was wearing masks, all that. I was like, okay, thanks for telling me. Um, and then... The lady who is nice, the secretary, leaves because her shift is over. And then another lady comes. And, I mean, she's just yelling. What are you doing here? I'm like, I'm waiting for my wife. You can't be here. Uh, I've just been here for three hours. You can't keep it. You got to go outside right now. You got to wait in your car. We're going to call you. Like, you know I've just been here for three hours. I don't care. You've been here. Like, whoa, lady, chill, bro. I don't know how I got on that tangent. Oh, the Legos. Yeah, but it was just weird. Really affected me a lot, so... Anyway, uh, thank you very much to uh, Brandon Moreno. It would be, look, it's one of those things where when they announced the third fight, everyone was like, ah, oh, third fight. There's no denying that it's the most talked about flyweight. I mean, there haven't been a ton, but there was the Benavides. It's a pretty big rivalry, right? And it's probably the most lucrative flyweight fight that they could put on especially if you do it in a location like California, Arizona, Mexico, Brazil. Um, flyweight's getting interesting, though, because you have to me, that Kaikar France Oscar Askarov fight is the big one. If no one emerges there, the man has a great case. He really does. He has a very strong case. One win each, one draw. 
it's kind of like the draw didn't happen, right? It's not a real fight because there was no winner. There was no victor. So now they're 1-1. There's a strong... I would not be surprised, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if they say, hey, fight one other guy, and then if you win that fight, you get back in there, or they just go back to it. Honestly, I wouldn't. I mean, it's the same thing as going back to, to a degree, you know, the Zhang Weili Rose thing or Cody TJ. And those ended in finishes. This was a close fight. So nothing would surprise me at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if they give it to... Kaikar France, if he wins, or Askarov, I wouldn't be surprised if they, to me, it's like a coin flip right now. But he does make a very strong and compelling case. All right. Thank you very much to Brandon Moreno. Thank you to our guests. Still plenty of show to go, my friends. We're going to answer your questions. Everyone's favorite segment of the week, of course, is on the nose, and that is coming up. So stay tuned for that. Of course, we'll get some uh, weekend bets and uh, no UFC this weekend, but there is a Bellator. There is Royal Rumble. We'll see what G-City has in store for all of us. But uh, first, a quick word. Wow, look at that. That's big. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, I was wondering if you would do that. The Royal Rumble poster? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That was, that was kind of tough to get out. It's Why? Wait. Royal Rumble poster. Oh, the poster, yeah. Better poster than the other two you got up there. Yeah, you're not going to tune in tomorrow night for Eagle FC? Once you touch down in St. Louis? What is Eagle FC? No, I'm kidding. Um, How do you even watch that? Great promo for them. Great promo for them. Was it? Uh, I think it's like the FX app or something like that. It's not the channel. It's it's, it's some sort of free streaming app. No, it's a great... uh, It's a great app. (laughs) Never heard of it. Uh, I will... No, I would absolutely watch it. But I think I have dinner plans. No, I'm kidding. Of course I'm going to watch it. Now, why is my thing so loud again? Is it just because, like, sometimes I like to go up. I like to go down, Frank. Why is it so loud in my ears? So there's a target number or after here. <laughs> and you decide to go quiet, that's fine. But we got to make sure it stays loud. I Listen, I'm not trying to give out uh, free publicity to anyone. Um, what do we got? Everything uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just, I was watching Frank talk to you. Uh, we got a lot, man. Uh, we're we got a lot. Kinda, I mean, we're getting kind of degenzo this week. Oh, I love degenerate this. stuff. This is, I mean, you know, no anyone could bet on two seventy. I mean, that's anybody, easy. anybody. It's when you really, you know, I mean, really getting, have to dig yeah, down deep. We're getting down in the weeds. Let's let's start with Bellator. Bellator two seventy three on okay. Saturday night. Uh, pretty pretty entertaining card here. We'll start with the singles. I'm not going to get crazy deep here. I'm not going to do a, you know the super deep breakdowns we usually reserve for the UFC cards. But uh, yeah, Big Tuna as an underdog. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I, I know you're big on Big Tuna. I mean, uh, it's more of a Mike Heck thing if I'm being honest. But everyone loves uh, Big Tuna. Yes, yeah. I did see him tweeting uh, Big Tuna Fight Week. He loves um, it. I, I believe that was him. Yeah, Ben Parrish. I'll take him as these. All my singles are actually all dogs. Uh, Darian Caldwell. I think he's getting underrated after two. Uh, I mean, tough back-to-back losses. AJ McKee, like that's that's nothing to batter. Mm-hmm. That Aiden Lee, massive size advantage. Uh, Wad, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a giant experience advantage. So those are the singles. I'm gonna ride with some dogs. See if we can uh, cash some plus money tickets uh, for those. And then I have a Bellator parlay. Uh, these are always just 
a lot of fun. You know, the, yeah, the giant, giant favorites never lose in this one. Uh, but yeah, these are guys that I think we got some favorable matchups here. I think we're setting up nicely uh, for all these to work. We do have a prop in there, the parish fight, not to go the distance, two heavyweights that usually get finishes. Uh, Dalton Rasta, nice fun fact, his opponent, Dwayne Johnson, got creative with his nickname. Wow. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I feel like there, I mean, isn't there some intellectual uh, property? I feel in- like there would be, right? Like, I, right. Feel like I feel like you're kind of copying that there. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson goes down uh, in Bellator. Maybe not in uh, what you're doing, uh, the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, and then Eagle FC. I have an Eagle FC. Wow, play. they have uh, they have. I'm actually I'm I'm more surprised that you found Eagle FC odds than Royal Rumble odds. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, too. one's a work, and, one's not. Yeah. One. Uh, well, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, man. <laughs> no love, man. You I'm want me to take the post? No, down? no. Is it listen, really starting I'm to just, offend you? No, no, listen. I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is. Okay. Listen, the Eagle FC, uh, Eagle FC 44. The promo is leader in the clubhouse for promo of the year for me. It was is, is it? Is it really great? Play it was it pretty us. entertaining. Frank, can you uh, play that for us? No, can you yeah. pull that up? <laughs> well, we don't want to... we don't no. want Habib coming after us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm taking Jorgen De Castro as a minus four twenty five favorite. I never thought I would uh, see the day. Uh, he did, he, had, he had some struggles in the UFC, but yeah. Sean Asher's opponent, I think he's setting up for a win. So those are uh, those are the Bellator and Eagle FC plays. We talked about it on Monday. Nothing on uh, Rashad, huh? Nah. I mean, Is he I'm, even I'm, the favorite? No, he's not. He's, he's not? He's actually like a pretty sizable underdog. Really? Yeah, he's like plus 225. Wow. Yeah, against Checo. And what about uh, Tyrone Spong in the main event? Who's who's the favorite there? Spong is the favorite. Uh you know, people might be thrown off by the two and zero record, but he's obviously no, been kickboxing yeah. for uh, the last years. decade. Yeah, a gazillion years. Um, Jokes aside, there's a lot of uh, familiar names on this card. I'm Ray pretty, Borg. Ex- I'm pretty excited for yeah, Ray Borg. I'm pretty excited for the Cody main Gibson, event. John I Howard, see Spong. Oh yeah, Spong is a legend. Anthony and Joe Kawani. That's a real throwback right there from the old uh, WEC days. Sean Bunch, of course, a good uh, longtime friend and uh, training partner. And uh, pupil of one Daniel Cormier. So, yeah, that's uh, Thursday, right? Tomorrow? No, uh, no, Friday. I think it's Friday. Yeah, you got any like you got any Bellator insight like you did with uh, Crutchmer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me pull this up right here. You can be my inside man um, on some really off lines. <laughs> Let me pull this up. So we've got uh, Ryan Bader. Big fight for Ryan Bader, by the way. Valentin yes. Moldovsky is uh, another one of these uh, that, line is, that line is moving in favor of uh, Bader really actually like it's moving it's moving closer to even odds on DraftKings yeah I think I, th- I saw Moldovsky as low as like minus like 380 and on DraftKings last time I checked he is plus or minus 255 so it's like it's really moving I think I think minus 250 now Wow. I think there's money coming in on Bader uh, at least on DraftKings interesting uh, Moldovsky is uh, part of the Fedor or Fyodor uh, Vadim Nemkov team and is a stud. I mean, I feel like... Uh, stud. Bader lost to Nemkov, lost his uh, light heavyweight title. This is his chance, of course, to retain the heavyweight title, which he won. But Bader isn't a a natural heavyweight. Like, that was no. just kind of like a, a weird thing. And he was fighting guys who, you know, were a little bit older and a little bit, um, you know, a little bit smaller than your typical heavyweight. So they were all good matchups for him. Uh, but Moldovsky is a more traditional heavyweight, so this is going to be a real tough test for him. Looking at the 
the card here. I mean, I'm surprised that Big Tuna is the first fight. Is that possible? Big Tuna is the curtain yeah, jerker? That's what they're saying. That's bizarre. I would have put I him on the... Right. Like, I feel like people want to see him. Yeah. But he's got a little bit of momentum. In. It's probably going to be some fireworks. Like, I, I would expect a finish, as I uh, yeah. as I alluded to in my parlay. I mean... Um, but yes, he is... Uh, he is kicking it off. Uh, Lucas Brennan is someone that people are high on. He's five and zero going up against Ben Lugo, who's five and four. That's probably a big. Uh, uh, yeah, Lugo or Lucas Brennan is uh, over minus one thousand at pretty much every <laughs> single book. Yeah, I know a couple people that are laying some cheddar on Lugo. And, uh, and, and by the way, the you're you're uh, laying some on Dwayne Johnson, yes? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm you're fading, going the other. Okay, okay fading yeah. the rock. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, yeah, all right, wow. Yeah, he's um, kind of a can crusher. Interested to see uh, Caldwell. What's Caldwell at? Uh, I took him at plus 111. He's pretty much down to, uh, to even odds. He's the favorite at a couple books. Okay. Yeah. I'm I like he's getting a little bit underrated. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's way down there on the card. Former 135-pound uh, champion yeah. at one point was considered like one of their rising stars. Um, Saba Homasi is up there, 15 and 10. Jaleel Willis. I'm guessing Willis is the favorite in that one. Yeah, but that number's coming down heavy. Really? Yeah. Willis was like minus two fifty earlier in the week. Now he's sitting at minus two ten on DraftKings. And the uh, the former UFC and WC champion Benson Henderson going up against yeah. Islam Mamadov. That's a yeah. tough fight for him in in Henderson's backyard um, in Phoenix. Is Mamadov the favorite? Big favorite. Yeah. Really? Wow. Minus four hundred. Wow. You're not touching that one. No, I took Islam. I'm not touching the uh, main event. No. Okay. Why aren't you touching the main event? Tricky, man. Tricky. Yeah. Like I, I lean. Moldovsky, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like something sneaky's coming from Bader. Really? I don't know. I don't know. So why don't you take the underdog? I don't know. I got enough dogs on the ticket. All right, fine, fine, fine. I'm I'm invested all over the place. I'm giving out Eagle FC. I'm giving out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, And then we talked about it on Monday. You did it. You actually did it. I have placed these bets. These 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 are happening. My (laughs) money has been handed (laughs) over to the bookie. This is exciting. Uh, and so here we go. Let's let's, well, let's get into it. it. I never it. thought I would see the day. I'm going to be tuning into my first WWE event. You've uh, never done since it? like 2002. Oh, 2000. Okay, uh, wow. This is big. Yeah, wow, look at this. Wow. Look at that. All right. I just want to I just want to say okay. the thing that I'm most excited to talk about here. Ronda Rousey on Monday when we started talking. I, yeah. you know, also if you notice the units, I'm playing minuscule amounts of money on this. Sure. Like very very small amounts. Okay, okay. Uh, and that, I, for you that's like a couple Gs, right? <laughs> Each. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did take Ronda Rousey at plus 1,400. Now, this is Ronda Rousey to show up and win the Women's Royal Rumble. The Women's Royal Rumble. Because right now, she is not a part of it. Correct. Okay. Right, and, and technically, Lesnar is not either, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, Lesnar's competing against Bobby Lashley, but and he like, is you not. Know, who yeah, knows they, what going to... So people what, are churning up the drama. They're saying that maybe, you know, Lesnar loses the Lashley, comes into wow. the Rumble, wins the Rumble. Like, I, I got deep into this I'm not even that time. deep into it. Uh, but listen, I took Rousey at plus fourteen hundred. I wish I had put more. I only put point one units on you it at plus fourteen hundred. Is, is that a thing? She is now minus one twenty five. Whoa! So this is like a real thing. By the way, me and Ronda Rousey in the same arena once again. Yeah, this hasn't happened in quite some time. I, there's there's no validity to this, but she is now the the heavy favorite to win the Women's Royal Rumble. I I'm regretful that I didn't put more. My on old it. friend Ronda, Ronda <laughs> Jean. Yeah, Ronda. So wait, what what, what was she at when you got her? Plus fourteen hundred, and she is now minus one twenty five. How did that? Ch- when did you do this? 
I did it on Monday during the show. I placed it, and then yesterday I'm watching it. She's like plus five hundred, and then this morning I got up. She was like plus one fifty, and now she's minus one twenty five. Well, it's here, been it's been fascinating to watch. Okay, but let me ask you this then: Aren't you happy you got her at plus fourteen hundred? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, okay. My okay. only regret is that I didn't put more on. More. It. Like, okay, gotcha, like I could gotcha. not, I couldn't get plus fourteen hundred now, so I'm locked in with with my right. bet on it. Uh, Ray Ripley, I took her at plus eighteen hundred. She's uh, plus a thousand now. Uh, so, all, so, so you're basically you're hedging that all, like one of these. This is sort of like your futures thing. You're not just picking one singular winner. You're you're sprinkling right. I took, it here. I took four women and four men. Gotcha. I took so for the men's, I took Big E, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, and Kevin Owens. Yeah, AJ Styles. AJ Styles, I took it plus a thousand. He's down to plus five hundred now. I mean, we're getting crazy line movement on this. <laughs> Women's, I took Alexa Bliss, Ray Ripley, Ronda Rousey, and Liv Morgan. Rhea. Real, uh, I mean, sorry, should have gone over this. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you are a self-proclaimed non-fan. Um, could I just ask? Okay, the Ronda thing. Clearly, there's some rumors that she might be coming back, especially for WrestleMania. Yeah. But wait, can I see? The, can I see those names again? Yeah, why yeah. these names? Like, wh- why, like, why Alexa Bliss? Why Kevin Owens? All right. So the Alexa Bliss thing. There was something about she did like a uh, a therapy session on yes. Raw. <laughs> And now uh, this is amazing. People are talking about trademarks for goddess. She has a she has an alter ego, the goddess. Do we know anything about that? Uh, yes, yeah, something like that. I and mean, like people are saying, she might flip the switch with the character. Uh, I don't know if you saw on on Monday there was an allude to uh, a character, the fiend. Yeah, oh, oh my god! There was like they played his music Did during, they? A, during a promo yeah. for Rumble, and now people are like, "What if the Fiend is number thirty? I'm guessing number thirty is the last person to enter the ring." I need to do um, a little bit of research before I head out. Um, listen, I didn't make an official play, but you know, I took a tiny sprinkle on. Is uh, Bray, Bray White coming Wyatt, back? Plus four thousand, just in case if the Fiend shows up. The Fiend is someone I can get behind. He's like a cool character. I was the I was fiend, looking more about him. Bray Wyatt was maybe my favorite character. I mean, he's a cool character. And then he just like out of the blue, they really. Released them. You know he he had yeah, like an alter. Says they did him dirty. Yeah, totally, totally. He had an alter Alexa, ego. Alexa Bliss were teammates. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was kind of weird. Okay. He, he kind of like put her under a spell. But he had an alter ego where he was like a, a children's. He was like a children's host of a like a of a like a like a yeah, Mister Rogers yeah, show. Yeah, yeah and I then watched, he would turn into yep. this. It, it's actually some of the best storylines, writing, character development that. WWE has yeah. done in years. Yeah, don't quote me on this. I watched like a 10-minute conspiracy theory oh, video geez. on how he's coming back, and there was an allusion. Is they, really they, they showed something about that about that kid show where there was like some sort of deeper meaning thing. Wow. That might be back. Listen, I'm not... Don't take my word for it. Wow. Uh, yeah. The Fiend. Uh, okay. Yeah, so wait, you, music, you, you, were, you were able to sprinkle some on him? Sprinkle. Like I'm talking okay. like point... Zero That's two units. Like a like couple I'm thousand. Talking like, <laughs> <laughs> talking like $8, $2. Uh, by the way, some breaking news. Oh, let's hear it. What? This is not the breaking news music. We're supposed to talk over it. This is not the breaking news music. I like Here the old break. for it. There it is. So what you you tried to switch up the breaking news? Music I've always on? had two. Oh and, uh, yeah. Um, well, according to ESPN, it is official: Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje on May seventh. Ooh, wow! Now usually they wait till we're done the show to break yeah. this news. I appreciate them doing it while uh, yeah, we're I mean, on. I saw what Gaethje said. Uh, so that's going to be on the Glover Yuri card. Yeah. 
I mean, wow. we all knew that was the fight. We all knew that was the date. The question, the bummer, again, as I just said, this fight has to happen in Rio. So it's not happening in Brazil. No, now there's speculation. Maybe Florida and Brooklyn. Swag. Uh-huh. Oh, you think down to the back? Barclays Center? Man, I don't. Oh. I mean, could you imagine that scene? Here oh you my ha- God, dude! You have you have Glover, legend, finally getting a chance to you know win the belt, and then his first defense is back home. It'd be unbelievable. And then you have the other Brazilian champion. After his incredible run, he hasn't fought in Brazil since the day the world shut uh, shut down. Essentially, right? It was the empty arena against Kevin Lee. Uh, not the champion at the time. He gets to come back against Gaethje, who's so crazy. Who's he's like? Send me there. I want to go to Brazil yes. to fight this guy. I want to cut his head off <laughs> in his home crazy. country. That's why people <laughs> love crazy. him. Come on. Oh uh, well, yeah. Wow. I wonder where it's gonna be, man. That's a bummer. It's not gonna be in Brazil. And on the ESPN MMA page, you're gonna submit any questions for the uh, the Q and A with Dana White. Oh yeah. That's uh, when is that tonight? Yeah, tonight at eight. I gotta get a couple in. Yeah. What are you going to ask? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Um, ask something pertaining to the show. Like, <laughs> does he watch the whole thing in one shot? Yeah. Does he break it up? What do you think up? of the Ngannou interview? Right. What do you think of the Ngannou? That would be perfect. That would be perfect. Okay. So we. So do we have anything else for the Rumble or that was it? That's it. I'm I mean, Oh, you're what? not doing Lesnar and Lashley? I mean, if I was going to play that yeah. after watching all these... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I spent a couple hours watching wow, like, I love breakdowns. That. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to tune in. I'm going to do the whole pay-per-view thing. Frank's going to come over. Um, eh, remains to be seen. He yeah. threw out the invite, but you kind of were like, oh, it's... Is there static here? I can't really hear what, you know. Well, he threw out the invite inviting himself <laughs> over. It was so. weird. It was also I like. send that invitation. Well, it was. I wish you guys would have heard it because it wasn't just throw out the invite. It was multiple, like, throwing it into the ocean, the baits in the ocean. Yeah. And it was multiple, like, stiff arms ignoring of. It wasn't just one, let me see how this plays out. It was, I'm going to yeah. do it. And then I'm going to keep upping the ante first i'm bringing pizza then i'm bringing my wife then i'm bringing drinks it was like a lot and still no response what did you make of that frank i could read the room it's fine and it got awkward because then i was like hey you know frank you know you just get peacock for four dollars and it's all good you know like don't worry but it's not like 75 bucks like ufc and still no of course i got peacock you know i was watching the uh saved by the bell reboot on peacock yesterday have you seen that no i haven't Frank, you How see that? that? Um, I, I haven't. Can you tell us a little bit more about Peacock? <laughs> well, uh, say by the Bell reboot, doing some research for uh... my guy Mario Lopez. Yeah, yeah, he's on my show tomorrow. Yeah, um, did yeah, I tell you that? A, uh, How do you your know? Producer that? did. Oh, okay. Us yeah. producers, we talk. Yeah, you guys guy, talk. You guys talk. But it, it's actually not bad. If I'm being honest, it's not. It's not as bad as you would think. No. I don't know. Did you watch? Are you too young for that? Yeah, not. I've seen episodes. Oh my god, Frank! I'm how about you? On the, uh, Sopranos I watched right it now. religiously. Yeah. It was the best. When I wake up in the morning and the dun 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 dun, the thing is gonna be all right. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, by the time I got my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus so, fly by. Explain to me. Like, you don't have to do pay per view. Right. You can you can watch it on Peacock. Were you trying to not get me to sing that? Is that a bad? No, I'm just not? like oh. I don't know how this works. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, wait. Are you being serious right now? I'm being you... dead serious. Oh yeah, you sign up for it, and you. Uh... <laughs> I don't understand. And how much is it? It's I think four ninety nine. Uh, last I checked, it's a great deal because not only that, you get all the Peacock stuff, you get all the NBC stuff. Of course, if you're in the UK, you can watch a BT Sport box office shout out. Um, but Thank it's all you. like it's all like signing up for ESPN Plus, and then you have to 
pay $75 for the pay-per-views. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's cheaper than a pizza. So, all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, what else we got? That's it, man. No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Bellator plays, Eagle FC plays, it's Royal a lot. Rumble plays. I, I mean, mean, it's a lot. That's it's, not enough for you? It's really a lot. It's really a lot. Um, so you're going to get to see it in person, hopefully. I'll the, be there, uh, yeah. I'll be the there. The crowning of one of my I mean, I can't, people. I'm going to go nuts. If if Ronda Rousey, if if that music hits, dun, dun, you know what her music is? Uh, I don't give a damn about my reputation. Yeah, there it is. There it is. She's going to come out with the oversized jacket. She's going to be smiling. It's going to be great. Or she just doesn't show up at all, and I just rip up my ticket. I mean, you got plus fourteen hundred. If the fiend shows up, oh my god, I'm, I'm the new WWE. Insider I might streak at that point. I might run in there. <laughs> I'm, I was looking for the Helwani odds. I was hoping I yeah, could nothing. get Helwani at like plus ten thousand. Can you write in? Can you like? Can you go with the field or something like that? Or I other? Take, uh, I could take Johnny Knoxville at plus ten thousand. <laughs> And and by the way, I mean I don't want to be that guy, but in 2022, who's a bigger deal, Knoxville or Helwani? Personally, I think Helwani gets a bigger pop. Ah, uh, no, Johnny Knoxville's a legend. Man. They're gonna play that music. <laughs> <laughs> show the show the Francis highlight of him punching some dude in the balls. Like I've seen that clip. Yeah, a million times now. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Frank Ek is saying that uh, you don't have to bring anything. You could come over to his house to watch. Boo. Duly noted. Uh, problem is, he lives in Chicago, I believe. Yeah, it's a bit of a we'll just a bit of a hike for the. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Enjoy St. Louis. Bring well, us back you. some jerky. That's right. Yes. Uh, Bryce Mitchell just tweeted me asking me if I wanted some jerky. Take him up on it. Well, I, mean, I want to say I'll take some of your. Jer- He's like, it's actually incredibly gross. Uh, it's like a picture of him with. I don't know what is this. A deer or something? I don't know what's going on. But tell them what you told us earlier about the jerky. Oh, what is? Oh, it's him with a squirrel. He caught a squirrel. Oh He's yeah, getting, I saw that video. Squirrel jerky? Yeah, yeah man, it's pretty lean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have never had jerky in my life. Turkey jerky, bacon jerky, beef jerky. Of course, I've seen all the snap into a Slim Jim commercials back in the day, but I have never Dang. had. That's hardly jerky. What? I'm Slim it, Jims are great, Frank. Come on, man. With uh, Macho Man, may you rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. Well, those commercials misled me as a kid. I always thought that they were supposed to snap. Snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> they don't snap. They don't snap. Yeah. So it was like, what am I, defective? What, what's going right, on? Yeah. Had some jerky today. Really? Yeah, they restocked it. Oh, wow. I'm not a big jerky guy, if I'm being honest. I mean, I mean, at all. You've never had. I've it. never had it, but it just the thought of it makes me want to throw up. Yeah, but apparently, in St. Louis, thing. it's a big thing. It is a big thing. Like, is there is that like their thing? Like in 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 Montreal, it's poutine, Quebec poutine. That's their thing. I mean, no, St. Louis has a lot of cuisine. But Isn't it barbecue over there? No, not at all. Or I mean, is that it, a little bit. Midwest thing? has kind of right. The, yeah. Just get the jerky. All right, I'll get the jerky. I'll pour it back. I will uh, I will try jerky for the first time. I'm not going to say what you said about trying jerky for the first kind of gross, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> but uh, I will try the jerky for the first time. All right. Uh, good luck to you. I look forward to recapping all of that on Monday. My friends, time now for everyone's favorite segment. I mean, this is the segment. This is the segment that people, it's time for I mean, a good old if I'm being Q&A, honest, MMA there's a lot fans. of fast forwarding. 
and we're like, we're going to deal with the other stuff later. Ladies we need to hear the, the truth. To we need hear to get it from the, the source. Will there be a 10-7? Will there not be a 10-7? Will there be a hot tag? Will there not be a hot tag? Will there be some questions answered? Some real questions answered? Some real answers given to real questions? I mean, come on. Oh, that's me. Thank you, Mike Heck. I appreciate it. Um, let me just tell them because New York Rick says he doesn't work after the interviews. Okay, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time for On the Nose, where I answer your questions in the most honest and unfiltered and independent way possible. Everyone loves it, and uh, I think everyone looks forward to it. So without further ado, let's get into things, shall we? I like to get comfortable when I start on the nose because it's a bit of a process. I wish I had a tea. Can I get a cappuccino or something? Maybe a uh, a matcha latte. Uh, do we have any breaking news music, Frank? Okay, there it is. Uh, the breaking news is that El Cubano is back on top. He is sitting on the throne. He is the man. He is number one. Remember last week, there was a huge to-do over the fact that someone just kind of backdoored his way to the top, but uh, El Cubano set the, I, I think he set his alarm super early. A lot of people are coming for him. I can see a lot of activity at the very top, but once again, all is right in this world, at least for this week, El Cubano is number one. Hola, Ariel, first and foremost, amazing. All caps interview on Monday with Francis Ngannou really shed some light into all the obstacles he had to face both inside and outside the octagon. The cojones it took to go against doctor's recommendation and go out there and put it all on the line is just simply admirable. It piqued my curiosity that on on the Tuesday before the fight, a licensed doctor would recommend, recommend a fighter to not fight due to injuries, but would still clear him to do so. My question is, if Francis would have pulled out of the fight with Gan due to the knee injuries or injury, would he potentially have been given an extension letter. Basically, I want to learn if injuries count towards declining a fight and potentially being extended. Viva Hilwani. It's a great question. And I don't think he would have been extended. It just would have, you know, it would have been rebooked and he still had to fulfill that last fight on his deal, right? He still had to to get that eighth fight in. So I don't think that it would have been extended. Now, if they're offering you a fight off the bat and saying to you, hey, we want you to fight on May 9th, then, you know, you say no, then they may extend you there. But in this case, I don't think they would have. And I think he wanted to fight. I mean, it was very clear he wanted to fight. He wanted to get that last fight in. And obviously, so did they. So I don't think he'd get extended. If he had surgery, you know, you just have to finish that last fight. And that's that. Um, but definitely an incredible thing and just adds to the the lore of the entire fight and the, the backstory and the buildup. Uh, Newman, hello, Ariel. Can you give us any more details about the mysterious text you received while you were on the air on Monday after we found out about the cowardly and disgusting text sent to Mark Hell Martin on Saturday? I can't help but wonder if there is a connection. Was it also from a 702 area code? Did this anonymous person happen to call you a goofball or a scumbag. Uh, know about 702, know about Goofball or 
scumbag. I don't want to read what it said, but I'll just say I found the timing to be interesting. It was in the middle of the Francis interview, and it was trying to distract me and trying to get me to wrap the Francis interview up. I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, anytime I get something weird like that, it's just a quick delete and block. Um, but no, it wasn't 702 and none of those words were used. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, Carmine, hey, hey Ariel, uh, what is the latest on Zabit? This is like the constant weekly question. It seems like he may be one of the biggest what could have been stories in recent MMA history, UFC history. Um, I've asked his team, I've asked uh, people close to him, and they're just saying nothing at the moment. It's a weird one. It definitely is. We all thought he was going to be a shoe-in for at least a title fight, let alone an actual championship win. And as of right now, nothing. Nico, ça va, Ariel? It is time machine time. We are going back to November 1993 for UFC 1. And we are replacing Hoist and the crew with the following four heavyweight specialists. Gordon Ryan, Tyson Fury, Rico Verhoeven, Terry Rinner. The brackets are... Ryan, Verhoeven, Fury, Rinner. Who comes out on top? Remember, no holds barred, blah, blah, blah. My personal pick is Fury due to his background in bare-knuckle fighting and his crazy cardio, not to mention the quickness for a man his size. Um, so it's, I mean, Ryan, Fury, Verhoeven. I, honestly, I might even go with Ryan only because he'll be able to take the fight to the ground, right? I mean, that's how, if we're going back and trying to see who can play the role of Hoist Gracie, it's Gordon Ryan in this scenario. So I'm actually going with Gordon Ryan. C-Level Kane. Hey, Ariel, I just signed up to your Substack. I was somewhat hesitant to pay for a subscription, but when I found out the proceeds go to Colorectal Cancer Canada, that is true. Um, signing up was a no-brainer. Thank you. I appreciate that. My question is, where does Cyril Gan go from here? People are quick to write him off after Saturday night, but forget that the fight came down to that fifth round. True, very true. It's not unreasonable to think that had he not gone for that heel hook, he could have kept top position for the remainder of the round. True. And we'd be looking at a new UFC heavyweight champion. Very true. I'd love to see him face Steve Bear, John Jones next, but don't see either taking that fight. Also, Care to share what that weird text you received on the air was? Seems like it really caught you off guard. No, it didn't. It was just like, we're talking about weird text. Here's a weird text. Um, that sort of thing. Didn't think twice. Uh, you're 100% right. And I think there's a domino effect here. It's impossible to predict at the moment where Gan goes from here because I think we have a scenario where it's like, all right, um, what's up with Francis? Is he going to resign? Does he need surgery? It appears as though he does based on things that I'm seeing right now uh, that was the case on Monday. He told us that he was going to have the surgery and, uh, you know, it was just a matter of when. Okay, then what do you do with John Jones? Is he going to wait? If not, what are you doing with Stipe? Are you going to do Jones versus Stipe? If not, uh, are you going to do Stipe versus Gunn? Are you going to do... Um, there's, there's, there's just a few dominoes that need to fall before we get to Gunn, but he's in that conversation at the very top with those names. No doubt about it. And that's a testament to him. And so... Is it going to be, I don't know, a Curtis Blades? Is it going to be the winner of Aspinall and Volkov? Is it going to be the if Tai Tuivasa beats Derek Lewis? 
I, I just think it's a little too early at the moment. Could be Blades. Uh, my friend... My friend, you have built ESPN Plus, Spotify Green Room, MMA podcasting on your back. Thank you. My hands as well. Despite having multiple obstacles to hurdle throughout your journey, your name has already been etched in the history books of the entire sport of MMA. Wow, Antonio, thank you. And you're not even finished. Is this my mom? How have you overcome a fear of failure throughout your career? Do you even fear failure? Of course, uh, failure, anxiety, feeling like I'm not living up to my potential. All these things are my engine to try to do the best that I can, to try to be the best that I can. And by the way, after every show, I feel like I did not do a good job. I feel like I should have done this or that zigzag. I should have asked this. Why didn't I ask that? Um, this happens every single time, including Monday's show, by the way. There's things, ah, you dumb. I mean, come, why did you do that? Why did you not do that? Why did you ask that? Why did you not ask that? These are things that go on in my mind all the time. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm obsessed and I just think it's having a good work ethic and taking pride in your work and, um, wanting to succeed. But yes, I, I fear these things all the time. And yes, you know, a lot of people like to throw the crying thing my way, the post 216, 2016, the UFC 199, um, whole banning thing. And they like to use that. Like, that's the one thing that people can say about me. And I don't regret any of that. And I would do and react the same way because if I put myself in my shoes back then, um, relatively young, two kids, having a third, and when you're told that your career is over and you know that the people who are telling you this have the power to actually end it, if, if you don't feel a certain way about that, if you're going to be blasé about that, then I don't know if you cared about this whole thing to begin with, but that was a byproduct of how much I cared about this job, this career, and you know, all the time and all the eggs that I put into that basket and, and just, it was a lot, it was a lot to handle. And so say what you want about it after the fact, make fun all you want after the fact. I, I know most people who are like me, who are sane minded people would react the exact same way. And that was just my raw feelings on the moment. So, and it's because failure was staring me in the face. That's not how I wanted it to end. That's not how I was, uh, predicting this story would unfold. But that same failure, that same feeling, like that all is the engine, right? Like when the Mayweather-McGregor thing happened, that was the engine to try to cover that fight better than anyone. And we did. Um, and we did it time and time and time again. So I kind of... The one thing I'll say to people, if you struggle, if you stumble, if you quote-unquote fall, fail, whatever, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't lick your wounds. No one's feeling sorry for you. In fact, people are probably reveling in your failure. So take a day, dust yourself off, and go kick their ass again. Uh, who sent you that weird text? I don't know. I didn't call them back um, or text them back. Matt S. Morning, Ariel. Does the announcement of Bilal versus Luke all but lock up Hamzat versus Burns? I don't know if it does or doesn't, but like we know that Hamzat versus Burns is the fight they want to make. And I think Bilal versus Luque was the fight to make. Um, if you just look at where they are, the rankings, that was the fight to make. Do you foresee Francis operating under most valuable promotions? No, I do not. Uh, he's with CA, he's with Mark Martin and that whole team. And most valuable promotions is, is Jake Paul and Amanda Serrano. They're not 
going out there, A, signing a bunch of people, and B, signing MMA fighters at the moment. Maybe that changes. Um, so no, I, I don't see that happening. Harry, which interview was better? Francis on Monday or Tyson Fury's last appearance on the MMA Hour? Viva Lord Hiawani. Thank you very much. Um, Tyson was different because that was like really honest. Not to say Francis wasn't, but it was like about a whole different subject, right? It was about his career and what he's overcome and mental health and all that stuff. And, you know, it was just, it was just like, it was just powerful, right? Francis was powerful in a different way, in a newsworthy way. Francis was powerful in the way that, you know, he was talking who he is, where right now in the sport, in his career as champion, coming off a mass, like, I can't pick. They're, they're, they're both extremely memorable and powerful for different reasons in my mind. Um, so impossible for me to predict, but I, I appreciate. And by the way, funny that it's those two guys, right? Hugo, hey, Ariel, anyone from WWE or AEW you would like to interview? Yes. Um, I think MJF would be a great one. I do too, but the thing about MJF is he's a bit of a throwback and he's such a hardcore heel and doing so well at it. I don't want to see a breaking kayfabe MJF interview. He's he's old school. He's a throwback. Like I don't want to see him just talking about the development of his character. I want to believe – he is so believable as a heel. I want him to stay as such. And I don't love to do kayfabe interviews, so I, I rather keep my distance. I have huge, I'm like, he's one of my favorites right now. Huge respect. It's like, I don't necessarily, when, when the Fiend was doing his thing, like, I didn't want to see a Fiend shoot interview. Because you want to believe, like, you want to suspend disbelief. But to answer your question, there are a ton of guys. Um, I mean, Jungle Boy is a fascinating character, considering his dad was Luke Perry, and he's doing great. Uh, my old friend, CM Punk. Uh, Tony Khan would be a fun one. Um, Adam Cole. Bebe. That would be a fun one. Uh, and of course, I mean, there's a lot of WWE guys as well. Bray Wyatt would be a great one now. Like if he isn't coming back, that would be a huge one. I would love that. Have fun at the Rumble this weekend. Thank you, Hugo. Uh, Dave from North Bay. Ariel, when Kevin Lee submitted Michael Chiesa by biting his own glove... Do you consider this a dirty win or a crafty win? Sincerely, Dave from North Bay. Did he bite his own glove? I don't remember that. Kevin Lee bites glove. Oh, yeah. It was to secure the win, right? Let me see this here real quick. Ironically, I pulled up a video of it in a, uh, a DraftKings videos airing with that same girl who pops up every time. You know that girl? She's always in the commercials. Okay, here it is. And it's a while ago. All right, so he's got his back. Oh, I see. Yeah, that, that was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, he did pull up. No, I don't think it's too dirty. Seems crafty to me. Um, I don't think it's dirty at all. Uh, and now if it was Kiss's glove that's a different story charlie right pretty impressive in the moment to do that um amazing francis interview and also rewatch the randy interview you share too crazy how little things have changed in 15 years can't believe randy was making two hundred fifty thousand uh, a fight plus five hundred thousand pay-per-view and now francis only gets 600 pretty amazing right posted a clip yesterday of the uh, randy couture press conference at extreme couture and it, it really brought me back 
This thing was airing on Fight Network, HGNet here in the United States. It was Randy doing the press conference after he suddenly announced that he wanted to leave the UFC, right? And he was talking about fighter pay. When you compare, all right, the base pay is 250. Francis base pay 600. Yes, that's gone up, but not an incredible amount, right? Amazing. And again, I, I posted it because there are the similarities, but there's a big difference. Francis is en route to being a free agent. Randy still had several fights left, and as has been the case over the years, Randy ended up re-signing. It would be interesting to talk to him about all that, but he ended up coming back and fighting uh, Brock Lesnar at UFC 91, if you recall. One, Francis talked about flexibility to box. I can't see the UFC giving him that a la Connor. Do you see them making any other concessions on top of more pay that Francis wants? I mean, again, they're both the ESPN. I don't see why they can't make the Tyson Fury fight. I really don't. One-off, not a consistent thing. I think what he doesn't like is the fact that, you know, you can sign a four-fight deal and lose one fight and they can cut you. Um, the contracts are long. That term is a really long. Five years is a long time. When Derrick Rose had this X amount of year deal with the Chicago Bulls and tore his ACL, his, his contract didn't freeze. The clock keeps ticking. In the UFC, the contract, if you're not fighting back in the day, the contract would freeze. Now they've put this term there, but it's still long, five years. It's, you know, in his case, eight fights, five years. Do you see any issues on the Jones side and how likely is it that if Francis resigns, it needs to happen? I mean, with John, you know, you just never know. You really just never know. You, you, you want to believe that he is sincere in coming back, but... It's hard to say with great certainty. With a win over Volkov, does Aspinall fight for the belt next? No, I don't think so. I think there's those other guys that we talked about before. Hey, Ariel, first-time subscriber. Appreciate you taking time to connect with fans. This is from Rome. Thank you very much. I had heard an interesting idea on possibly having three champions of Africa uniting together to demand the UFC to improve fighter compensation. I was wondering whether Kamaru and Izzy's contracts are expiring soon to make this scenario a possibility. Izzy has two fights left. I'm just telling you like this, I, I don't see it from Camaro's side. I don't see it right now. I think he's very close to Francis. I think he supports him. But, I mean, just look at who's representing him. I just, I'm not seeing that happen. I'm just not. That's just, you know, that's just a shoot, brother. I'm not seeing it happen. Um, do you think a united front of Francis, Camaro, and Izzy could force UFC's hand regarding fighting player? I mean, it would certainly help. You have three champions. Yeah, it would be tremendous. It would be incredible. It would be very powerful. I just don't see it happening. Two of three, maybe, but all three, no. Benoit, salut Ariel. What for you the best hip-hop song to enter the octagon? That's a good one. I mean... Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Only darkness every day. Who turn out the lights? And you don't want to fight. That was a good one. Um, Frankie Edgar's was good. Uh, California Love was good. Uriah Faber. Hmm. Those are some that come to mind. DMX, always great. Mike Tyson. One, two, one, two. Um, 
Chuck came out to that. Yeah, so those are, those are some. Casey saying Tops Drop. I don't know what that is. Is that the Houston song that... Uh, yeah, Tops down? Drop from yeah, Houston. I mean, what? Like, really? I mean, come on. It's like you want me to bring up like obscure like indie rap. Like, come on. Um, what were we going to say? Sorry. Obscure indie yeah. rap? Uh... <laughs> Samir, hi Ariel. Why has SBG Ireland guys uh, ended up signing more with Bellator? Uh, they had a good deal, a good relationship with John Cavanaugh, and uh, no different, by the way, than back in the day when uh, Bob Cook was. Um, well, it, it, okay, the difference was Bob Cook was actually working as a matchmaker for Strike Force, so it was a little, you know, a little closer to the sun. But uh, there was sort of a, a funnel from AKA to Strike Force, so similar in that regard. Uh, you would think with Connor, the UFC would want to sign more of the fighters. Still don't understand uh, why they wouldn't have signed James Gallagher. It was it was because of that. They just had a good deal, good relationship. Kogan and uh, Kavanaugh still do. Um, Naresh, namaste, Ariel, namaste. Much love from India. Might surprise you, but your fan base in India is strong. How about that? Bet you guys didn't know that back there. Namaste, namaste. Uh, two questions. You are undoubtedly... Undoubtedly, did I say undoubtedly? Yes, undoubtedly, what you call must-see TV of MMA. I mean, wow. You are hands down the best at what you do. This is fact. You can read this yourself. Does the fact that knowing you're the best change how you approach your work? Wow, what an interesting question. For example, do you research less, write less, and so on? Do share what changes you've noticed in your habits from a budding journalist to an MMA personality. I mean, wow, what a question. Um, no, honestly, the process hasn't changed at all. The prep hasn't changed. The research hasn't changed. Uh, one thing that I've liked doing over the last few months is these uh, outside MMA interviews because you really have to go deep into the research. Like if I know Brandon Moreno's coming on the show, if I got to do research on that guy and that fight, then like what am I doing? I'm not paying attention to the sport. The prep for these relatively easy. The tough part is, you know, getting them to come on. Like that's the toughest part. Um, but I don't think that I'm resting on my laurels, as they say. The job has changed a lot. Um, the roles have changed. The duties have changed. The travel has changed. So, no, I, I feel I feel very fresh. I do not feel like I'm like stuck in neutral. I I was feeling soulless. Uh, prior to all this in a previous life, but I don't feel that. I feel excited about the day. I feel ready to go, and I feel very... I always have nerves before the show. I, I still... I've, I've always wondered, am I going to lose the nerves at some point? Am I still going to be nervous? And I still haven't lost the nerves. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. I still feel that same way. I Honestly, I know it's cliche, but Life is going by so fast. Like I can't, I can't believe I'm about to turn 40 in July. And I can't believe that I started this in 2006. Like I'm officially like an old guy now. This is crazy. Sometimes people, sometimes I'll say things in jest, joking, and people are like, you're literally 39. I'm like, wow, okay, well, 39 is not that old. 40 sounds different than 39. But I've been doing this now for almost 16 years. In June, it will be 16 years. That's a long ass time, 16 years. But I still kind of feel the same. 
It's happened so fast. I've always wondered why fighters say there are weight classes for a reason in a three to five round fight. You would think Nganu versus Mighty Mouse is just criminal. But considering Mighty Mouse's fight IQ, you can I can easily see unanimous decision victory where Nganu keeps getting touched and is too slow to catch a much smaller target. I'm not advocating something so absurd for practicality. I'm just wondering well, how Derek Lewis would beat TJ Dillashaw regardless of weight class. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, imagine he just got a hold of him and picked him up. I mean, there's not that much room in there. Pick him up, just kind of sit on the guy. That's a lot. That's a big difference. TJ Dillashaw weighing 135 and, and Derek Lewis weighing 265. That's double. Double his weight. I don't want to see that. Shalom from Trey. Thoughts on the NFL OT scenario? It's the biggest joke there is. It's the absolute biggest joke. Uh, both teams get an offensive chance, but the team that wins the coin flip decides if they get the ball first or not. Mm. If both teams score the same amount of points in their possession, then it goes to a sudden death. For sudden death, the team that won the... No. Forget this. Listen. What I want is... I like, I like everything you said up until the end. There's two things that I want. Either it's this tit for tat. All right, we won the, the, the coin flip. We'll go first. You guys can respond or vice versa. If we score three, you score three, we're going again. If I score seven, you score seven, we're going again. Uh, if I score seven and you don't get anything, I win. If I score three and you can't get seven, I win. If I score three and you can't tie, I win. So I like that, and then it just keeps going. If you tie me, three, three, we're going the next round. Sort of like penalty kicks, right? Where I don't like the penalty kick analogy is I don't want any sudden death. It's not the next one wins. It's either going to be the back, forth, back, forth, back, forth until there's a winner, sort of like extra innings baseball, or uh, just give me 10 minutes. Play out the whole quarter, the fifth quarter, and see who's standing. And if it has to go again, we'll do it again. But this idea that you win a coin flip and the other team doesn't even get a chance is total BS. And by the way, I'm not even hung up on that. We shouldn't have even been in that situation. 13 seconds should have been it. You know, all this talk about squib and this and the defense. We shouldn't have been in that situation. And the part that hurts the most is we were going to win the Super Bowl. I don't care. I will go to my grave believing that we were going to win the AFC Championship game and we were going to win the Super Bowl. And that's what makes us so tough to swallow. Might be too soon, but who do you envision are the options to headline International Fight Week too soon? I think they want Connor and Nate, but too soon. Um, Iman, Ariel, would you ever consider doing a video similar to what Izzy posts on Fight Night? Would be cool to see how you react and take in fights as they're happening. The problem with that is, A, I'm not as cool. B, I'm not as interesting. C, he's got friends and all these. Like, I sit in my room and I'm watching it on my laptop. It wouldn't be that much fun. I appreciate you asking and thinking of that, but it wouldn't be that much fun. Um, two, he asks, if you could pick just one, which is it, a Bills NFL championship or a Knicks NBA championship? Oh, man. Why you guys ask me? This is the toughest question. It's tough. I, can't, I don't even know. I really don't know. It's super tough. I can't. I can't. I can't pick. Because you know what happens if I pick? Oh, you're not a real fan. You know you haven't been watching. 
screw you. Been a fan since '91. I've actually, I was actually a fan of the Bills before the Knicks, but then I became super duper Knicks fan. Bills had some down years, so it kind of goes with you know what's going on. But those are my teams. It was Bills, Knicks, Expos. Those were my teams growing up. Can't pick. Alton. Hey Ariel, what changed Tom Aspinall's mind in taking the Volkov fight when he was already scheduled to fight Shamil? He's always said he wants to build himself. Did you not hear him on the show on Monday? We spoke about this. Also, does the whole Francis situation, the knee injury contract issues, open the door to a Stipe versus John interim title fight? Yeah, I could see that. It's probably the best plan B. As for Tom, he said, hey, you know, you only live once, YOLO, I'm going to take this. But we did a whole interview. You can check it out, MMA Fighting YouTube. Danny, hi, Ariel. My question is, what type of impact you feel that the likes of the Nelk boys looking for a fight, are Nelk boys on looking for a fight? The Paul brothers, fighter pay and calling out MMA stars and the attention of other YouTube and media stars are having on the growth of MMA in the UFC. I mean, I just think it's like, it's, it's what young, you know, I, I know some kids who are 20 college kids. They're talking about all of this way more than they're talking about boxing. And a lot of them, there's a couple of these kids that I met, you know, neighbors of mine, who when I met them several years ago knew nothing about MMA. Now they're talking about it more than they're talking about the traditional stick and ball sports. This is why the UFC does these things. And this is why Jake Paul and Logan Paul's influence and KSI and all these people, ultimately, to me, is good for the fight game. It's exposing the sport to new characters and, 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 and also to new fans, new audiences. It really is amazing to me that people get... Like I see yesterday with the, the Jake Paul news that he's investing in Endeavor. First, the initial reaction is always to roll your eyes. And I see people calling him a grifter and a this and that. I'm like, okay, if you believe that none of what he is doing is sincere at all, there's not an ounce of sincerity in any of this, at the very least, there is a bigger spotlight right now, also very much in large part to Francis Ngannou and, and, and his... Uh, situation, but there's a bigger spotlight right now on fight or pay or lack thereof than there has been in quite some time. How is any of this bad? Now you can debate all you want about the intentions, but, but how is any of this bad if you care about MMA? I love the people also who were saying like, how is this news? First, it's coming at me. How is this news? My good friend, Aaron Bronstetter of TSN. How is this news? I don't understand why outlets are reporting this. Well, first of all, I retweeted it and wrote, oh my. It's not like I'm writing a freaking 1,000 word article on this. Again, as I said, I, I, I use oh my for you know, videos of men in their underwear on scales and face-offs. It's not exactly the highest bar. That's number one. Number two, if you're missing the second part of it, which is, yes, he has bought shares in Endeavor. If that was it, if it was just like, hey, guys, I bought 12 shares in Endeavor. Look at me. I'm going to bring change. It's like, all right, you know, this is, it's funny. Clearly, he's trolling. But the second part is also a troll, 100%. It's a smart troll, in my opinion. He's saying, hey, I'm going to try to link up with these guys. And they're, uh, you know, these activists. I learn all about these things. I'm not a financial guy. I've told you this already. But you can't dismiss that part. You can't just say, oh, I bought 12 shares of Google and I'm going to... No, it's a troll. Obviously, it's a troll. But you got to give credit where it's due. It's a pretty damn good one. Of course, he's not waltzing into any boardroom right now and changing things. But it's a little thinking outside the box. And and I appreciated it. I thought it was a good troll. And so it's one of those things where it's like, he can't actually 
he can't actually make it happen. Like the way this is how it was explained to me by my uh, brother, by the way, who's in this whole world. You can invest in something and then you could try to team up with these engine number one or something. Number I said it was an engine, engine number nine on the New York transit line. If that transit is on the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, let's go. You know that song, Frank? Yeah. He's in the bathroom. Um, but uh, they have to like agree to be involved. So who knows what happens? It's a troll. Again, it is what it, like it's exactly what I think most people thought it was. Nothing more, nothing less. But then all of a sudden we get into our moral high ground about like, oh, what's news, what's not news? It's freaking Twitter, guys. It's Twitter. Relax. Now, the best part about it is we're going to do Look, there's more of a chance this my 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 bud Aaron. I was going to tweet this back to him, but I, I I like Aaron a lot. There's more of a chance of Jake Paul going in and taking over the UFC than Kamaru Usman fighting at 205 against Jan Bohovic. Number one, Jan no longer the champion. Number two, yeah, he's going to jump from 170 to 205. First of all, can we put a little respect on Jan Bohovic's name? But if we're going to say like, oh, don't report things or talk about things or even tweet about things that you think aren't going to happen, well, then we should put that same type of uh, you know standards and practices on Usman fighting at 205. I mean, come on. He actually has bought in the shares or purchased the shares uh what yeah and i'm gonna go climb the empire state building that's never gonna happen come on guys i'm all for it if you want to say like this is a joke this is a troll recognize what it is and everyone's like getting a good laugh but then you're gonna go gaga over yeah i I wanted to go fight at 205 against jan bohovic and i could have beaten him what? Really? Come. Um, Jake brings out the same type of reaction that we were getting about Connor in 2014-15, like a very sort of irrational, passionate hatred. Reminds me a lot of it, obviously for different reasons, but back when Connor was coming, he was like, yeah, he's never done anything. He talks too much. He's this. He's bad for the sport. He's that. He's that that kind of leveled off. And Jake, obviously, in a much different place, and he's not in MMA, and he's a lot younger than Connor was with less fights. But I, I see that sort of same quick to dismiss, quick to criticize, quick to just be like, this isn't what you think it is. This is nonsense. This is this. This is that. It reminds me, I don't know if I'm verbalizing it the right way, but it reminds me very much of that. To be very clear, I never thought, and and, and maybe I should have prefaced my oh my tweet with that, never thought that he was buying shares of the UFC and all of a sudden that makes him, you know, on the same level of Ari Emanuel or Patrick, Patrick Whitesell. Of course not. I'm pretty dumb. I'm not that dumb. The oh my was strictly, oh, plus one, good troll. That was it. It it was no different than the back and forth. My reaction was no different than the back and forth uh, videos with him and Dana a few weeks ago. That was it. Not that serious, guys. Chill, bro. Uh, Preston, Lord Ariel, if the UFC decided to have fewer events per year but had much more fights per event, would this lead to fans feeling drained or tired before the main event? Well, I don't want like 20 fights. That's too much. 
Plus, what about the broadcasters? They have to sit there for seven hours. Much like how a lot of us felt after the Gaethje Chandler. Hmm. I don't think that's the, uh, the answer, to be honest. I get what you're saying. Less events, more fights, but I also don't think that 20 fights on a card is the answer. Uh, good morning, Ariel, from my friend Zach Payne. First off, I must apologize. There was no handicapped hot take last week as I had COVID. Now, my question this week is how close are we really to seeing open scoring implemented? It seems like within the last two years, more and more people are talking about it, but are we actually close to it being a reality? No, I don't see it. Kansas is leading the way. And by the way, I hope you, uh, you feel better. Um, and I'm sorry to hear that you got sick, but I don't see it being a, a reality where all the commissions are using it. This week's handicap hot take for you is Colby Covington is going to send Masvidal into retirement after he 50 to 44s him. I think there's a lot of people who would agree with that. I don't know if it's much of a hot take, but I appreciate it. Also, last night I got to meet my favorite fighter of all time. Khabib was doing a speaking engagement in Detroit, and I was lucky enough to go. I never in my life thought I would be able to meet him. It was truly so very special to me, and he even took the time for a picture. I'm still in shock. Wow, that's awesome, man. I wonder what uh, Khabib was doing in, in Detroit, but uh, that's amazing. Uh, Madam Montreal, I have one that I have wondered for a while. What is your process of booking guests for Monday, Wednesday, when there's a fight on Saturday? Oh, my God. Well, there's always a fight on Saturday, um, but this is tough, you know. I will never reach out to someone and say, hey, if you win, can you come on? Never. That's completely, because what if they get in? Like, you just don't want to do that. So you kind of put together a wish list. You maybe have, like Kenny, for example, Monday. I only had one guest booked going into the weekend. It was Kenny. Now, I knew that Kenny, you know, could talk about the fight, so it doesn't really matter. That's why it's good to have, you know, one of the analyst types. Um, So I felt, okay, I have one. Now, there's two shows a week, so less pressure to book them all on Monday, less guests, um, which I like. And then you kind of have to wait and see how things go. So, you know, Francis wins. I'm not going to hit him up Saturday night. There's a lot going on, but you hit him up Sunday. Thank God he responds. Nick Sick, I was texting with Saturday night. You know, it's different. Coach, fighter, he's in. Uh, and who was the fourth? Aspinall was uh, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. I actually asked Aspinall to come on Wednesday. He couldn't, so... Felt it was appropriate. Didn't even know they were going to announce. But yes, um, it's tough, especially the pay-per-views are tougher because there's bigger names. And you really, the worst thing that you can do when booking the show is try to book the guests before Saturday. And now come Monday, you're stuck with a bunch of guests that had nothing to do with Saturday. So you kind of, you know, that gives me a lot of anxiety. You kind of have to roll the dice, not worry about it, hope that you're going to get people. But it, it makes for, you know, not the best Sunday. I won't lie. Not complaining here, but that's just the process. So you kind of have to see, okay, how many people can I get? Who's available? Who typically, like, like I know there's some guys who don't like to come on the Monday after they win. They like some time off. Um, I know some people who lose who still always come on. Uh, obviously, I know there's some people who I can't have on. So there's a lot there. Do you have certain people ready to go? And depending on how the fights go, you determine who to ask. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, hey, Ariel. How about Jones, Stipe, July 2nd? Yeah. Uh, Burns, Hamza, what's the holdup? No holdup, but I think it's going to happen. David, hey, Ariel, if predicting, will the next New York card for UFC in 2022, if any, be the November MSG? I haven't heard. That's definitely a thing, but I don't know if they'll be anywhere else earlier. Of course, it was the Brooklyn stuff in April, but TBD. Um, 
Also, I liked your four fight Nate Diaz scenario. I wouldn't mind it at all. An alternate idea I'd also like would be get the Dustin fight with a one fight extension, have that main event headline sometime in the summer, maybe July 2nd, then MSG Nate Connor trilogy. Yeah, love that. Love that. But then what if he beats Connor and then he's a free agent? It's a lot of leverage. Hey, Ariel, your boy Rahman from Atlanta, back in the mix, wanted to get your thoughts on Jake Paul Endeavor News. I'm all for revisions of fighter pay, but the facts are his ownership shares don't hold equal voting rights compared to Emmanuel Whitesell. No one thought he did. Guys, it's, it's like, it's a gag. Does anyone really think that he did? Does anyone really think that he believed that he, come on, guys, which means his influence on his, on this hot topic is minimal at the very least. Yes, yes. You are right. With that being said, it's a it's all a money-making ploy to pretend as if he cares about the fighters just to get his name surrounded with the UFC. Money-making, how is this a money-making ploy? Is he really is Jake Paul making more money because he's pretending to be about the fighters? Come on, guys. How is that like who's buying his pay-per-view because he pretends to care about the fighters? There is clearly a method to this madness. It's Jake Paul versus MMA. That I'll give you. There is definitely a me- there has to be a method to every career's madness, right? You can't just wander throughout your career. So he found, hey, I'm boxing. I could fight these MMA guys. I could go after Dana White in the UFC because no one else does. And I'll get these fighters to come over to box. And I'm better at boxing than they are. And I'm younger than they are. Like, yes, of course. Who is claiming otherwise? Who is, like, you guys act like you have unearthed this big secret about his grand plans about his career. Like, it's all very transparent. It's all very calculated. It's all very easy to figure out. It's very strange to me. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm living in some sort of alternate universe. Like, of course he's not going to exact change. Of course he wants to, you know, get the rub by going after the MA fighters. Yeah, that's the whole point of one's career. And it's working for him. No other boxer was doing it. You don't see anyone else doing that. And it worked. God bless. Uh Ahmad. Hello, Ariel. Since Lashley is a guest, I'll ask a pro wrestling question. Which return was emotional, more emotional, and or surprising? Daniel Bryan in 18, Edge in 2020, Punk in 2021. Well, Edge and Bryan were more uh, surprises. Like, we knew Punk was coming back. I think the bigger surprise was probably Edge. Uh, Chad, love from Saudi Arabia. Wow. Salam alaikum, my brother. Uh, hey, Ariel, Chad from Washington. Sorry about the bills. Thanks, bud. Now the UFC is no longer going to Brazil for 274. Are there any rumors about where that card may be headed? No, I asked, and they said TBD. I asked a bunch of people. Uh, Jonesy, in your opinion, what geographical untapped markets around the world have the most potential talent to recruit for the UFC? For example, many people say Dagestan is one choice, but I can't think of anything that tops the amount of high-level fighters in women's Muay Thai circuits throughout Thailand. Yeah. By the way, keep on keeping it P. What's this whole P thing about? Can someone explain this to me? GC started this and now everyone's like, Ariel's P, Ariel's P, and I wasn't sure. What does that mean? Can you explain? Anyone Can anyone up there over to explain? Yes? No? Maybe? The Gunna song, pushing P. Yeah, what does it mean? When someone says you are P, what does that mean? Uh, Gunna says it means player, but like it's, it's like cool. It's like good. P. So Ariel's P and with the P like in the blue. Saying your P, yeah. That, that's what Gunner does. He does the yeah, the parking emoji. Yeah. And what is saying what, your P is good. And what does P stand for? Gunner says it means play. Mm. It sounds familiar. But why why does that sound familiar? Because he just said it. Yeah, I know, but I just wanted to reiterate. <laughs> uh, you haven't heard uh, the song Push and P? 
Was it the song you played with my thing? Yeah. Man. I think it's like the number one song in the country. Right now. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Play it real quick, Frank, if you will. Well, let me just dial that right <laughs> up. All these requests, man. <laughs> uh, I just make the requests because I know that they're not going to happen. Um, all right. Wow. Was, I mean, it was good. Did you make that video or did someone else make it? How'd you do like the, the mirror image thing? That's that's a producer secret. Yeah, there. that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of Ariel's P's. I was like, okay, I mean, I'll take it. I, I didn't know if it meant like P something else, but like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but back in the day growing up, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, I mean, I was as, I guess you would say, P as it gets. I used to listen, my two go-to songs that I would listen to before all my basketball games, hit them up, which I think we've established by now, big fan of, and uh, Triumph by Wu-Tang. That was my oh, song. that's the best, yeah. Wasn't it the best? I bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can be found when I be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically performed. Wait, is that the same song? That is the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what a great song. Hit me with a verse. Go ahead. You can wait. No? As the world happen. does it spread like germs, what's the glow with the pestilence? The hard headed never learn. It's my testament that those burn. Play my position on the day of my life, stand it firm. I haven't listened to it in a while. But I'm just saying, that's P, right? Um, Africa would be a market, just to answer the question. Yo, Ariel, what's the latest on Challenge Submission Underground? You know what? Any leads on what platform they'll end up on? Should I call him right now and ask him? We haven't done this in a while. I feel like he'd appreciate it. What do you guys think? I think you're already dialing the number. No, I'm just looking it up. Oh. He's calling Eagle FC this weekend. Ask him about it. Is he really? Chael? <laughs> you didn't, yeah, you didn't see that? You're joking. I swear to God. Chael's doing Eagle FC. Yeah. I right, ask him about it. All right, let's go. Let's see if well, he picks up. You talked about it. <laughs> I take it all back. He usually picks up. He's not really doing much. He likes to watch old movies. Hmm. Didn't work. Chill's really calling me Eagle FC? Yeah, he probably heard you talking bad about it. Yeah, he's probably mad. Take a number, Chill. Your call has... Um, sorry, couldn't answer your question. I don't know what's up with uh, Submission Underground. I want to say... Oh, Chill... Uh, Chael's the last person left on the planet who orders movies in his hotel room off the TV. You know how, like, these days, you want to watch a movie, you get an iPad, you get a, you know, some... He is the only person I know that still orders the movie off the TV. His idea of a great night when on the road, he orders the movie, he gets room service, he doesn't leave, doesn't interact with anyone. It's amazing. Uh, nothing but love, but I also won money on the Chiefs. I mean, come on, Sammy Watkins. This guy's name is Sam Watkins. You got a lot of heat for that. I mean, all of you guys for not supporting me. I mean, I think it was well-deserved. Logan, hey, Ariel, I want to start off with how much I appreciate what you do and how you do it. My Thank you. My question is, how well do PFL fighters get paid per fight that doesn't necessarily pertain to the million-dollar tournament? Pretty good. You know, depends on who you are. If you're an older guy... If you're a veteran, if you're Kayla, you're getting paid pretty good. The younger guys, mm, pretty comparable, maybe a little less. But uh, the big names, you have to overpay to get those names to come. Thank you so much. Heal one for life. Much love. Ariel, long-time listener, first-time question asker. So with the Royal Rumble this Saturday, would you ever be in the Royal Rumble match? Yes. 
I would be. We have seen celebrities like Drew Carey, Michael Che. I mean, who are these people? Colin Yost, Jost, and now Johnny Nexville. We need, he says La Nariz. It's actually El Nariz. They know my number. I guess they don't want the pop. Would be pretty damn cool. Uh, Nick, how does UFC not do something about a competitor being on the same network as them? I mean, ESPN's able to flex a little bit. You're talking about PFL resigning with ESPN, but no, I mean, it is ESPN uh, at the end of the day. And I know they weren't happy about it, but perhaps they've realized now that it really doesn't affect anything that they're doing. And it only kind of raises ESPN's profile in the MMA world. So no harm, no foul. Uh, Will, did you expect you would have this type of connection with the fans. I've been following your work for some years now, and I enjoy seeing the passion you put into everything you do. It's inspiring. Congrats on all your success. Thank you. I appreciate it. Obviously not. Uh, actually, early on, the fans were really mean to me. The turning point for me was, I remember doing an interview with uh, Forrest Griffin at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas. This was the weekend of UFC 98. And uh, Forrest kept like patting me on the back and touching my shoulders. And it was just a weird interview. I would argue it was weird because of the way he was in the interview, less so because of me. But I remember the interview got posted on MMA Mania, and I got all this negative feedback. Oh, what a weirdo. Who's this weirdo? This guy sucks. This guy sucks. And I remember that was the day that I was going to the Elite XC um, pre-fight press conference in Manhattan at the Hard Rock Cafe. And I remember that's when I did the interview with my old friend Gina Carano, and uh, I just was not feeling good about myself self-confidence-wise. And she mentioned something about me keeping the mic. And I was like, and I, I just said to myself, maybe I'm not that good at this. And by just vocalizing that, there was like a shift. I just decided I'm just going to be my, myself and I'm not going to care. And uh, the fans were not that nice. There were, there were a lot that were supportive and nice. But like you read, it's here's the thing. When you're doing something, and all of a sudden now people are watching you and you're exposed to people online. And I had thin skin. I mean, I think the majority of us do. And you read people talking crap about you and making fun of you and criticizing you, it, it, it hurts. And so I've had to develop thick skin. And, I've had, and, and I think just being a genuine person and being you know, receptive to what the fans are saying has created this connection. But uh, it was not always very easy. But I appreciate it, and I love the fans. And I always say I feel like I'm working for the fans because they they 100% saved my career, no doubt about it. Also, what's your favorite Royal Rumble moment? Is Hiwani going to win the Rumble and go on to main event WrestleMania point? Um, 92, I think, is the best. I say this with a tear in my eye. The best part about that promo is the end when uh, Mean Gene is interviewing Rick and he goes, put that cigarette out. And I, I had heard later on in his life, there was no one there with the cigarette. That's how great that guy was. Mean Gene Oakland, the legend. But it's so great seeing, uh, it's so sad that four of the five people in that shot, it's Mean Gene, Rick, uh, Mr. Perfect, Bobby Heenan, four of them are no longer with us. Killershot. Good morning, Ariel. Did you see Jake Paul's tweet saying you'll be surprised on Friday? Yes. I think he said something else. Uh, any idea already what it is from sources? I have no idea. Um, I really, and by the way, could you not, ta I mean, can I get a tag? I mean, at the very least, can I get like an at, you know? My serious question, on Monday, New York Rick felt the NFT strike 
50% revenue share by UFC was impressive. Why so? Based on the number of cards, moments, fighters, the overall payout per fighter is still pennies while the UFC banks 50% from each single fighter. I like the way you're thinking, Killashaw. That's possibly the minimum deal when you're the content. Have a feeling the UFC might also position it as something generous, which it's not, similar to bonus going from 50 to 75K. Look at that. Look at Killashaw coming. Killashaw coming with the facts. Or at least Eric's not here. New York Rick's not here, so he can't. He only works Mondays. Maybe he's listening and wants to weigh in. Um, Why did he feel like that was impressive? Good question. Happy National Spouse Day. Hope you've planned something amazing for the missus. I'll be honest. I did not. I didn't know. I don't, I don't look at the holidays anymore. Hey, Ariel, Paul Craig will be fighting at UFC London. Oh, will Paul Craig? Uh, I think so. But I'm not sure. Okay, just a couple more here. Um, hey, Ariel, something about having a crowd at 270 took it to another level. What do you like most about having the fans back in attendance? I mean, everything. The walkouts are better. The energy is better. Uh, it feels like the fighters have more energy and are more amped up. Everything's better with fans. It's depressing. Of course, at the beginning, it's like you're happy that there's games being played and it's kind of cool and novel. But I, I, I've never wanted no fans there. Ever. That's why I want them out of the apex so badly. It's depressing without fans. It's like watching 1974 Portland Wrestling. In a, in a TV studio, on a soundstage. No one wants that. Uh, pay the fighters. Ooh, Francis's interview with, was great on Monday. How can fans get involved to force change for fighter pay? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think there is anything you can do. In a capitalist society, consumers have a responsibility that is rarely practiced anymore. We shouldn't be supporting or spending our money at places which oppose their values, which we do. I feel like the economical answer is to stop buying pay-per-views or watching on ESPN. Yeah, but who's ultimately losing out? You are. I don't know if that's the answer. It's up to the fighters. It really is. This creates not only losses, but pressure from other entities. By the way, those pay-per-views are already bought. So it ain't affecting the UFC. We talk about how the UFC has all the powers, but our money is the power. Sure, it would affect ESPN, and maybe it helps them rethink the deal. But by the way, not enough people are going to do that. And I know that's the worst answer, and I know that's not a reason not to do something, but this has to come from the fighters, not the media, not the fans. It has to come from the fighters or the managers. I've always said it's the managers that have the most power in the sense that there's only like five to eight of them that are supremely powerful with a lot of other people. And now like some of them are fighting online and whatnot. That doesn't help anything. Those five to eight represent 500 fighters. A lot easier to get five to eight people on board than 500. Uh, also, wanted to say you've been absolutely killing it with your interviews on the Ariel Helwani Show. Thank you. I highly encourage everyone to check it out, even if you aren't familiar with the guests. Thank you. Uh, got Mario Lopez tomorrow. Next week, have maybe my favorite one. Stay tuned for that really fun. My favorite so far was your interview with Kendra Lust. Definitely an unexpected guest. Yes, that's the whole point. Unexpected. I assume you were a fan of her work prior to that interview. Uh, great actress. Never met her. Dork in the Park. Happy Wednesday, Ariel. Big fan for many years. Of course, she's great. Big fan of uh, mixed martial arts and uh, that podcast with Julian Marquez, which I don't think she does anymore, but that's how I was introduced to her. That's how I, I was like, oh, who's this girl who's you know, doing a podcast with Julian Marquez. Uh, the MMA media has never been better all around. Big fan for many years. 
than it is right now. And you are levels above the best in the business. Todaraba lecha. Wow. Last week, you reiterated your appreciation for matzah ball soup. I've never had it, but I grew up regularly eating fried matzah or matzah brie. To this day, it's a comfort food, and it's made its way regularly into holiday dinners, but others find it weird. Have you ever had it? What do you think? Yes, I've had all of those, but you've never had matzah ball soup. You're missing out. It's tremendous. Please do yourself a favor. I have a rule. Restaurant, I don't care what time of day, the matzah ball soup, I'm ordering it. Ariel GC, Francis's knee injury was apparently making the rounds with the company and media for a short time before the fight. Did this have any impact on the odds? If so, how do the odds makers get that information and hold it so well before the public becomes aware? Kiwani for life, NWO style, t-shirts for charity. Respect. Did the line move on Saturday? Do we know that? I think he went to lunch or something. GC there or no? He, he got up for a minute. He got up for a minute. I mean, it always happens. I think everyone just checks out at this segment. Um, hey, Ariel. Recently, the price for UFC pay-per-views was raised once again, and many people have pointed out that this does not coincide with a pay increase for fighters. While I agree fighter pay is a huge issue, it is not true that the UFC has no control over the price of those pay-per-views. Well, they said that ESPN is um, the one who did it. And even more so, the way I understood the UFC-ESPN deal was that the UFC gets a flat rate for each event. Yes. This doesn't seem like an instance where the UFC is screwing the fighters like the crypto deal. Can you elaborate? Um... I mean, look, there's always extra. They, I mean, they're making way more than the fighters. So even if you took like 5000 and put it into some sort of like Roth IRA or some sort of fun pension, think about the PR that that would create and the goodwill that that would create. Okay, some of these are way too long. Can you give us any info on the random text? I did already. Since you had one half of the Anakin and Florian podcast on the show, any chance the other comes on? Sure. I've had John on before. Would be happy to. Do you have an update on Joe Lozon? It did seem like he was going to uh, take a bit of a break. I don't think he has officially retired, though. What's happening with your plans to run a separate show where you interview authors and other people outside of fighting? It's on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Hawani. Thanks for asking. Um, when Francis inevitably gets stripped, who fights for the interim heavyweight belt? I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't want to speak that into existence. Why would Dana skip out on the post-fight press conference? He's obviously getting, uh, going to get hounded with questions about Francis the next time he does media. Is he going to get hounded? I mean, have you seen the media there? Come on. I mean, I think there'll be enough time that passes he'll get asked one or two and and that'll be that. Um, it's not the worst play. Hey, Ariel, hope all is well. Hope your wife has recovered from her awful cut. Thank you. She's getting better. No real question, but wanted to touch on UFC and contract management. I was always wondering why and how the UFC have managed to have their contracts so one-sided, and Francis broke it down so perfectly, with perfect English, I might add. Treat us as contractors with freedom or employees with benefits like healthcare, not the worst of both. For a man who has had a life like Francis to say he's not free is an indictment on UFC approach to contracting. Respect, Nim. What comes first? UFC pay creeps up to over 20% of revenue or Dana retires. I don't know. 
Grant, Lord Helwani, at the end of 2021, I was feeling inspired by our advice to young people looking to find their footing in MMA media. Since my two passions are creative writing and martial arts, I decided to combine them and founded Clinch, the only online literally, look at me, the only online literary magazine that's devoted to the martial arts. Fun. We receive creative writing and visual art from anyone for potential publication on our site as long as it encompasses the martial arts in some way. So here's my question. Has Hilwani ever written any poetry? Yes, I think in the fourth grade. And if so, would you ever consider sending it our way for publication? You can find us if you type clinch lit on any web browser. Cheers, friend. Thank you for the encouragement. That's amazing. And I'm going to check it out, but I'm not that good. I'm not that good. Was that a haiku? I actually have done haikus as well. Do you write poetry? Occasionally. But I think you just delivered a haiku. Oh, really? That Where? was amazing. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, I'm just happy you're still paying attention. Thomas, any prediction on who wins the men's and women's Royal Rumble? Yes. Take GC's picks to the bank. Who are you looking to interview in St. Louis? I believe tomorrow I'm interviewing Randy Orton. I believe on Friday I'm interviewing AJ Styles. And uh, maybe I'm hoping for the post-fight stuff on Saturday or post-match. Uh, my guy, Lewis, my man, good afternoon, Lord H. Thank you. Top of the afternoon to you, or bottom. Uh, I want to pull a term I heard from a high spot you delivered on another podcast. N- did I say this? Uh, niches get riches? That sounds great. Taking this forward into 2022, can you foresee or predict any niches that will, because niches get riches, but niches get riches, sounds better, that will grow this year in the combat sports media space? I hope the Fugazi NFT stuff is one that peaks and (laughs) trows very quickly. Is it pronounced trows? Lewis is way too smart for me. He's from England and uh, his vocabulary is 10 times better than mine. Much love. And as always, stay energized. Amen. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you one. I hope fighter pay goes up. How about that? That's a niche. Tough one to predict. I think the NFT stuff is here. The crypto stuff. Maybe, you know what? More fighters are going to say, pay me in Bitcoin. I bet you that becomes a thing. Good afternoon, Ariel. Uh, Can you rank where these MMA promotions will be at the end of the year? PFL, Bellator, one. I think think PFL and Bellator have a good year. One, I think, yeah, I think they'll be kind of where they're at right now. I'd also love to hear your reasoning. I mean, rank them. I still go, I'll still go Bellator, PFL, and then one, at least here in North America. Is Moreno Figgy 4 a big enough fight to hell on a pay-per-view in Mexico? Yes, absolutely. Hi, Ariel. Is this the year that we finally see the UFC open a women's atomweight division? No. With the unhappiness at fighters' pay and Dana's very petulant responses to it, do you see a time in the future where pressure is so high that Endeavor thinks it's best for him to step out of the role? No. They love him. Ari, Patrick, love him. Uh, hey, Ariel, great job with the Francis interview. I'm rooting for him for at least uh, to be the fighter to maybe buck the system. But what real leverage does he have? I mean, he's the UFC, you know, heavyweight champ. So is he going to be, the, is he Kurt Flood? Mm, probably not. But again, all these things kind of add up and we'll see what he does with it. Is he the fighter who talks about these things and then resigns when he gets a better deal or does he actually put his foot in the ground? We'll see. Uh, hi, Arash. Uh, no, sorry. Hi, Ariel. It's Arash here. Big fan of yours. Ever since I've gotten into martial arts, I love how you interview the fighters and have their best interests at heart. I hate how the managers um, that are doing the best for their fighters are the ones 
that the likes of Dana White are ridiculing, AK or EG, for example, Markel, but surely the fighters of other managers who aren't getting the best for their fighters aren't happy about it? Mm. No. I mean, everyone just wants to be in the good graces. That's all. Um, hey, Ariel, do you know how many fights the initial contender series contract is for? Four fights. 10 and 10 for four fights. So it's not as long as the tough contract, but it's 10 and 10, four fights. If you win, if you get, you know, the deal off of it. Who could be next for Gregor? Don't know. He wanted Tony, but I haven't heard that's a thing. Um, do you think there will be another big headline like Cena last year at SummerSlam to sell it? Money in the Bank? Eh, Money in the Bank's not one of those big ones, but you do need something big for Allegiant Stadium. Cena, maybe not, but or maybe Summer, I don't know. Haven't heard anything. Any update on Sugar Show? Too soon. What would you rather see uh, more, Dustin Chandler or Dustin Colby? Hmm. Dustin Chandler at 55. Hi, Al, my buddy Justin, and I love to refer to the fighting spirit. In your opinion, which fighter comes to mind when you think of this term? Golly. I mean, there's so many. Bisping. Diego Sanchez back in the day. Clay Guida. Um, Gaethje now. I mean, there's just so many. BJ Penn. Would love an, a new original Thug Nose MMA Hour song. Wow. Get on that. Okay, just a couple more here. You're my favorite MMA journalist in part due to your perseverance and the high moral and ethical standards you hold yourself to. Thank you. With that being said, my question is tough and may put you in a difficult position, but I promise it's in good faith. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm like right at the end here. What are your thoughts on the proliferation of sports betting in every form of media these days in the US? Okay, do you have any ethical concerns if it's in the future? No, I mean, it's here. It's here and they have a ton of money and I really don't see, like, I think it's crazy Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame. I think it's crazy David Ortiz got in and Barry Bonds and uh, and freaking, who is it, Roger Clemens aren't in. Like, there's a lot of hypocrisy. And I don't think that doing fantasy this or, like, affects anything. If anything, it's good for everyone because there's more money being pumped into the business um, of sports media. And I don't, I don't see how it puts anyone in a tough spot or compromise or anything like that. Okay, I'm going to pick out two here. There's just a lot. Um, okay, this is a good one. Thoughts on the contrast in instructions before the fifth round. So I see a lot of people were like, look at what Eric said. Look at what um, Fernand said. Eric and Dewey. Here's the thing. As I've, I've often said, like we just kind of drop ourselves into a 20 to 30 second moment and then make a judgment on if this coach is good or bad. Not fair. You didn't listen to everything Fernand said. You don't know the relationship. Now, if it's like, hey, you're an idiot, and I know I've criticized and we've criticized and we've... But honestly, it was after, I think, the Aspen Ladd one. We're just popping in there for 30 seconds. It's a great privilege. It's a great opportunity to listen, and there's great moments that come out of it, like Nick said. But it's not fair to be like, look at what he did and look what he did. Guys, we're comparing 20 seconds. And by the way, all the momentum was on Francis's side. He had now won two in a row in terms of rounds. Not fair. Fernand's a great coach. Look what he did with Francis. Look what he did with Surreal. Look what he's doing with Surreal. Look what he's doing with uh, Nasruddin Imavov and others. I'm not, I'm not down with that. Do you like listening to Michael Buble? No. But my wife does. Not that I don't like him. It's just not my thing. Uh, wow. 
How about this? Lord Chael has officially joined as an analyst at Eagle FC. Do you think that is one of the smoothest moves by them? What are your two cents on Eagle FC? Uh, honestly, I didn't know this. When did this happen? How did I miss this? Uh, but that is a great move. I have often said Chael should be in the booth. Chael should be in the booth. I think Eagle FC is good because it's giving fighters an opportunity. Any place that is giving fighters an opportunity to make money is great. As I've said, I do have some concerns about is this World Series of Fighting 2, who's behind it, you know, the matchmaking, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, any place that gets fighters paid, any place that gives fighters options like the Kevin Lees of the world, I'm all for. So I wish them the best. There's no be like, I was just messing around there. Jokes inside, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I'm all for it. And I hope, I mean, it's not their first show. It's their 44th. I hope they do well. And uh, I hope that everyone gets paid a boatload of money. I just hope that it's done on the up and up and everyone's taken care of. Last one, Ola Ariel. I'm a freaking listener to the podcast and a huge fan. I'm a Jewish person like you. And I'm wondering why there hasn't been a full or half Jewish contender champion in MMA. I mean, is there one in boxing? Back in the day, there was in boxing in the early days. And I know there was Dimitri Salida and Yuri Foreman, but there just aren't a ton. We're getting some coming up here and there, but there aren't a ton. Great questions, everyone. I love you all. We go, uh, I mean, I could do that. I could do on the nose as like its own segment, you know, but alas, it's time to go. It's been a great week. Frank, you can hit the music. The interesting thing about On the Nose is like it kind of holds the audience. Like people clearly, you know, you care. And I appreciate that. Now, what about GC breaking some news to me about GLP? I had no idea. When did this happen? Yesterday? Chael Sonnen, Eagle FC. 21 hours ago. How about GLP? Promotion which was founded by Habib. So Chael and Ali have a great relationship. I'm not surprised by this. It's a great move. What is the broadcast team for Eagle FC? I think, isn't uh, Felicia Spencer? By the way, Felicia Spencer said in an interview, I got her on the thing. They reached out to me. If you guys only knew, if you only knew how laughable this whole, they reached out to me to put them in touch with Felicia Spencer. Okay? So don't get worked. All right? Everyone's, you know... gonna leave it at that just leave it. i'm just gonna thank you very much to all the guests today thank you very much to jimmy smith good luck to him on saturday thank you very much to bobby lashley that was fun little reconnecting of sorts good luck to him thank you very much to fernan lopez i appreciate him coming on and i appreciate very much brandon moreno coming on as well hope you have a lovely weekend my best to you and yours I love you all. I appreciate you all. It's been a great week. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say... I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, 
One that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.